what I thought was a snide style. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, July 21st, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 532. This is No Agenda. Three stories above the massage parlor with the purple lights in Amsterdam. Gitmo Nation Lowlands in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I'm three stories above the driveway, I'm John C. Devorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. Hey now! It works, kind of, I think. Seems to. Oh man, it's uh, it's challenging. Here we are in the lowlands, uh, local time here, 6 p.m. Uh, I am jet-lagged beyond belief. Why? Well, we, we arrived yesterday morning at 8 a.m. You're supposed to sleep going east. Yeah, you know, so, so <laughs> yeah. We slept for, I don't know, four hours on the plane, maybe? It's more than enough. No, it really wasn't enough. It, it was also you know you booked KLM. That was, f- I'm sorry, but that was Friday. You, this is Sunday. No, but it was. We left Friday, and we yeah. arrived Saturday morning. Right, right. So you know, yeah, a day and, to recover. And we also, you know, you book KLM, or at least you think you're booking KLM, but then you actually, it turns out you're flying Delta. Oh, Delta. <laughs> Who really don't give a crap about you? Enough said. <laughs> I gotta say, and you know, and so it, and there's so much wrong. It's just, they're supposed to have these friendly skies. I guess they they're all part of the same company. That was United. The friendly skies of United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. So yeah, you're no, allowed. Delta is the, is the nasty skies. Well, here's what's funny. So you're allowed to, when you fly from Austin to Amsterdam through Atlanta. With Delta, which is code shares with KLM, whatever, you're allowed to take two bags per person. When mm-hmm. you fly back uh, from Amsterdam to Austin, you're only allowed to take one bag per person. What? Yeah. <laughs> why? It, I, well, th- no one can tell me. No, no one has an explanation why. And not that it matters because we uh, we both have one bag, uh, but I, you know I made this big stink with Mickey about it. Like, you know, it's got to be exactly fifty pounds, and you know. Oh yeah, they they weigh in Europe. They uh, always weigh in the no. bag, just forty four pounds. Or Dude, 50 pounds. they weighed it at Austin Airport is where they weighed it. Really? Yeah, and then it's like, well, you know, we can go over by two pounds, and you know, my my suitcase, which was funny because I I thought I weighed it exactly fifty pounds. My suitcase was like fifty six, and said, "Well, no, oh, you- that there, there scales are. I'm telling- this is a scandal." <laughs> yes, so we actually had to take four pounds out of my suitcase and put it into her suitcase. I swear to God, while we're standing there at the counter, it's insane. One time I was doing this, I was on Lufthansa, yeah. and uh, I put the bag down. They weigh it. It's like I think it was like a forty four pound limit or something like that. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh, you're over two pounds." It's 46 pounds. And I said, well, hold on a second. I opened the bag. I took the laptop out, which was a two-pound laptop, yeah, just and held, and held the laptop in my in, under my arm and put the bag back on. Yeah. He said, okay, you're good to go. I pulled the bag <laughs> off, put the laptop back in the bag. Yeah. Oh, perfect. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, good well, news. Well, well, we're on the, well, before before you, you, since we're on this topic, I just want to get this clip out of the way. Which is apparently some, there's you know, NBC or ABC, one of this, I think it was ABC. They had this guy on who apparently had been stealing for five or six or seven or eight years. He was a TSA guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you check your luggage, they go through the luggage and they pull out the cameras. And they, This is at Jersey, of course. Of course. At Freedom International Airport. 
freedom in yeah freedom of of <laughs> any ownership of your own property. All right, ready? Yeah, and this is just a guy going on, and I just, I'm just saying you're lucky you got there with the, with your equipment. The culture became a little stealing was okay. The yeah. TSA. Yeah, they didn't think it was okay, but they did it and said, "I don't care." Um, they ain't paying me. They treat me wrong. They doing this and they doing that. I just don't care. Just didn't care. But then when people started seeing they could profit off of it, then it become ma- it became massive. massive. Right. Yeah. You weren't the only one. <laughs> all right. So a couple things about the TSA. First of all, uh, blogger Bob, you know that uh, the TSA blogger. Uh, yeah. So he posts today. Remember that story about the um, uh, where was it? What air, it was some airport where they you know they have the valet guys searching cars. Right. Yeah. And so blogger Bob comes out and says, this is not standard procedure. This is only local. This is The TSA is not searching your car. I mean, yes, the TSA was literally telling people, telling the valet to search cars. And he's blogger Bob is like, oh, no, this is only a local thing. It's like, you know, that's up to the airport. And they're so, they're so full of crap. And to prove it, Miss Mickey and I both did the arms not over the head deal, both of us. And got through. Yeah, I got to tell you, the, when you the policy. Listen, when you listen to No Agenda, you know your your travel life becomes so so nice and so lovely. So I so yeah for the ten seconds that you <laughs> saved. Well, no, it's not ten seconds because I you know opting out is is twenty is a twenty minute ordeal. Well, and, it depends on the airport. Uh, well, okay. So so we both went through separate lines, and I had never done this. I'd never done the hey man, like <laughs> I really played it up too. I'm like, uh, hey man, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't lift my arms uh, above my head. And the guy looks at me and goes, really? I'm like, yeah. He says, okay, go through there, and he motions to the magnetometer, which was off. And, and I'm like, through there? What? Seriously. And I said, through there? And he says, yeah, through there. I said, through, and I had him repeat it. And I walk through, pick up my bag. You know, I, I'm like, I don't put the sling it over my shoulder, obviously. And that was it. Good to go. And the magnetometer was off, John. It was off. Really? Yeah. It's very careless. Yeah. And so I, I had no idea about uh, uh, if Mickey's was on or not, but she went through a different line. Because obviously... We figured it might not be such a good idea to both. Yeah, the two people, <laughs> two tall blondes. We're both involved in a very strange sex ritual. Yeah, and yeah. neither one of us can actually move our arms or our neck. Exactly, it's a, it's a huge issue. Um, no, but it worked. It worked perfectly, and uh, and then arriving, of course, at Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, you, know, you flip on the. Uh, Flip on the old uh, uh, Wi-Fi device there. Pick up our No Agenda free Wi-Fi, our hidden Wi-Fi networks. Perfect. It's just beautiful. It's, it makes you feel so powerful. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, you bullshit your way through the line and turn on some free Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm the king of the world. Hell yeah. I sure am. Going in a private jet would have been a little more along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not for us. And here we are. We've uh, we've got. Did uh, you fly coach? Are you kidding me? You must have upgraded somehow. You must have some upgrades. No, no. There we're. Um, I think we're plastic level on uh, on the, K- <laughs> the KLM points. 
No, I always uh, I always pay the uh, the extra like fifty bucks or whatever to get comfort class, which really is meaningless, quite honestly. But it depends it, on the airplane. On American, they do have big. They have a lot of leg room in those planes. At least last time they were doing it. It's it's but definitely it's definitely a couple leg, inches. Problem, yeah. You and Mickey are too tall for a regular seat. Yeah, so we wound up getting uh, uh, the seat which was right in, it's, it, all the way right behind business class, really, because they don't have first class anymore on uh, on KLM or Delta. And so we're right next to the door, right next to the galley, and so we had nothing in front of us, which was okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and and although sometimes you got to be careful because you can get the flight attendants who are yapping the whole flight, and they just sit there in the galley going. So yeah, we didn't, we didn't have yappy yeah. flight attendants. Yeah, we didn't have that luckily. Luckily, so yeah, everything's okay. Everything's good. You know, so you had leg room then. You were in good shape. Uh, yeah, it was okay. All right. You know, it's yeah, it's not quite. Uh, it's not quite flying with the private jet, but you know. And then, of course, we're in an Airbnb um, uh, apartment, which is yeah. Uh, you've got a good connection, though. Oh, okay. Knock on wood. Connections okay. <laughs> Connections okay. The guy gave me two. He said, "Well, if this one uh, you know craps out, then here's my sister who lives downstairs. You can use her, uh, <laughs> her connection." No, well, it's one of those deals. <laughs> And uh, we literally be alive. We literally are three floors up above the massage parlor. It's kind of ghetto, <clears throat> and everything would be okay except the problem is uh, we have like it's twenty no so it's uh, uh, what is it? It's eighty eighty degrees. I think it's really beautiful, but these houses obviously don't have air conditioning. So I'm sitting here just sweating away. I've got the uh, the ultimate podcast device is running hot. <laughs> it's like the, everything's hot. Every, <laughs> I'll tell you, um, I turned it on and immediately it didn't work. And you know, because I've been using this uh, this jump wire, and you know, it's, uh, all the elements are loose. And this is a, we're lucky to be on the air at all, essentially. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but it's been fun. It's been really interesting being here in uh, in Amsterdam, even for the you know for the day and a half that we've been walking around. I learned a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it, you know, it is, it's becoming more and more like uh, like the United Kingdom here, where everyone's you know just so depressed about not having a job and no one can sell their house and you know it's uh, everything's just kind of in in some kind of uh, like in irons. I think we talked about this before. Just it's like a big waiting room. Everyone's just like I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So everyone's drunk, huh. and, and, and it's really good because you know, it's summer and everyone's just, just drunk. It's like hey, yeah, I'm just gonna drink. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, while you're while, while you're while they're all depressed, there might as well play one more of my clips. Okay, I think this will cheer them up. Play right. boosting housing. Okay, <laughs> housing prices. All right, let's. Go. Elizabeth, thirty-three percent. That's the, what the median price of a home has gone up in the Nine Bay Area County, June to June, just in the last year. But you said it, Alameda County, a whopping forty. 4% jump over one year. For some people, they were in the water. Now they're uh, or underwater. Now they're way above. In fact, refinancing and happy about it. Here's a good example. This house, $280,000 a year ago, is in escrow right now at $400,000. What? Multiple offers, and there's really no end in sight. Wait a minute. This must be the land of Twitter and where all the rich a-holes hang out. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. And that house they showed, by the way, where it was worth two. It looks like a crap hole, one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like you know, during the peak, a hundred thousand dollar dump. 
Well, this isn't going to last, you know. I mean, did you see Google's numbers? Yeah, it goes up, it goes down. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's going to end. I'm seeing Google. So Google had this horrible. They reported horrible numbers, uh, and their stock was down five percent. Which I, I guess, if you hold Google stock, that's like a thousand dollars off the price of a share or whatever. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that we're seeing the end. You know, everyone knows that uh, online advertising on the internet is a scam. If you look at Google's numbers, the the cost of for them to acquire all these, what do they call it, cost of uh, audience acquisition cost, which to me yeah. means paying a bunch Why of guys. Why is Google in, doing that? Really, it's like a bunch of guys in India. You pay to sit in a room and click stuff. It's yeah. fraud. You, I'm telling you, the thing is a fraud. fraud. It's it's, it's, it's a fraud. It's coming down, John. I I I, I would go short. On Google, I think that they're in, they're going to be in big trouble. Yeah, and and meanwhile, you know, and of course the, the investors. But the, the are, thing about the uh, acquisition with a bunch of Indians clicking on stuff, uh, what is the? Uh, it's a search engine. Why do they have to even do that? People are going to be searching. They have to search. They have to use Google. I, I don't don't get it. I think they they maybe they targeted too high or something, or they really expect to just keep growing. Or I don't know what the deal is with that with them. I, mean, I, I do know the searches aren't as good as they used to be. No, the searches. I, I mean, the they're noticeably crappy. I've yep. had some. I searched for something, and every single one of the hits was an advertisement for yep. some yep. bogus review site. Or I mean, it was unbelievable. I could not find what I was looking for using Google. I found it on Bing. You know, I've had. And I don't a, like being and and people who <laughs> like Eric DeShill, He's been looking, you know, studying these bots. Yeah, and he says Bing sucks. Right. Well, I ha I have this. Um, you know, I have the what we call the Freedom Controller, which is kind of my, you know, the Dave Jones, one of our producers. We put this together over the past, I don't know, like a year and a half, and it uh, it aggregates feeds and it has a. Uh, you know, has a, your own RSS feed, etc. But what we've been doing is, I subscribe to I don't know 700 feeds probably. And if anyone ever adds something to the No Agenda News Network, if you add an RSS feed, <clears throat> that automatically is added to my feeds, and I can unsubscribe. But usually, it's interesting. But ever since we put this thing in place for a year and a half now, the aggregation of every single one of those feeds has been stored in a database. And these feeds are, you know, they're, they're good quality feeds. And, you know, it also includes the BBC and some other mainstream stuff, but also all of the kind of fringe. So if I want to look for something, I You're like a one-man NSA. I'm telling you, <laughs> I use that search box that we have on this thing, and I'm finding stuff. Because, of course, you never can read all these feeds, but it's all aggregated. It's all stored. And it's unbelievable how much better that my own little system does than Google. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that that would be disappointing. Well, I, it's I mean, not this it's, what Google. This is all Google does. I mean, this is this is their job. Yeah, it's and but they're not do they're not doing the right job. They're not doing the job for me. Of course, they do return results fast. I you have to admit, you know, when you when you that was always what Google was known for. By the way, they were yeah, known quick. for fast. Remember, the, remember they uh, that was like the main thing in the in the early days of Google. You'd hit it and be yeah, like, because they were all right on the main one of the main pipes. Yeah, and not only that, but they had no no colors, no ads, no Google Plus crap loading everywhere, no JavaScript and all this stuff. Right. Uh, they've run so far off their mission. That's all right, but all I'm saying is this, too, can come falling down. Google, the big, beautiful giant who has uh, hoodwinked their investors into thinking they're doing something great for the future with you know driverless cars and Google Glass, it's a scam. <laughs> you can quote me on that. 
it's, it's well, you can. That's just a generalized whatever. You can just <laughs> so you say that constantly, but <laughs> yeah, most of the stuff. That's all I do. Here. That's all I do. Hey, let, so so here's something new that I learned in um, in uh, Gitmo Lowlands. Here's the concept. I'd never heard of this. It's something called the pop-up store. Have you ever heard of this concept, the pop-up store? Yeah, Microsoft does these stores. No, 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 no. This is what I thought. When so I said, yeah, it's a pop-up store. I'm like, what does that mean? Like a store that just comes out of the blue and you, or it's in a mall or something? No, no, no. Pop-up stores is the true hallmark of an economy and a country in crisis. Check it out. So you have all of these, um, all this real estate that's empty. So you walk past these uh, storefronts, and the entire building is for sale or for rent, and it has big signs for rent. And then uh, it has a little sign that'll say "pop-up store." And you go in, and it's pretty much empty, except it has, um, you know, it'll have like temporary racks. Most of these are clothing stores, by the way. Uh, it'll have real top name brand stuff that is marked down 50 to 90 percent. It has, um, you know, you have your little uh, portable um, uh, changing booths. And so the way it works is they've got somewhere a store went out of business, went bankrupt. So they ha- so uh, uh, these companies buy up this inventory. Then you have these stores that can't rent out their retail space. So they'll rent out for as long as they're empty, to someone who has no job, who is now going to work and is going to be working there desperately, who gets no um, no payroll, they get a percentage of whatever they can sell of this, uh, basically this bankruptcy inventory. And, of course, people who have no money can go and buy some brand name stuff for like, you know, 10, 10 cents on the euro. And this is everywhere. The entire city is filled with pop-up stores. And it's ba- it's almost like you know like people squatting uh, in buildings with uh, with stolen merchandise. Wow, it's really it's it's a phenomenon, and I and 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 they call them pop up stores. Not even, they don't even translate it to Dutch. They just say it in English. Oh, it's a pop up store. So what the hell is this pop up store? And you know, and Mickey and I are just like we can't believe it's like you know there's all kinds of brand name stuff for for literally ninety percent off. And I t- and I talked to the lady. I said. You know, are, are you just uh, are you going out of business? She says, "No, no, no. Uh, I, I'm here in business, but the minute they get a tenant, I have to move out the same day. I have to pick up my stuff, put it in boxes, and move out. But it's not even her stuff. It's a bankruptcy company buys up all so this stuff. She's essentially in a squatter. Yes, a yeah. wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, and uh, a squatter by agreement. Mm-hmm. And the agreement is that if somebody actually gets the place, which may never happen, right." Uh, then then you have to move. Then you have to move out immediately. Yeah, you're out. You're done. And well, every, I'm wondering how the tax uh, the tax revenuers are dealing with this. Well, obviously, um, you know, there's no cash here, right? We we've talked about that. So everything is on your on your pin card. Oh, uh, by the way, someone actually said to me in the store. Because Mickey and I were speaking English, and uh, and I have a, a Dutch bank card um, with you know there's still a couple hundred euros on the account, so I can pay for stuff here. We you know uh, whenever we're here, because we, of course you can't transfer it anymore from America. You have to physically go to the bank and put it in. Um, but I because we we discussed that we can't use credit cards everywhere, uh, our American credit cards. And I was you know I'm going through my cards to find the Dutch bank card, and the and the girl behind the counter literally said, "Credit cards not allowed here." I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, but it's a cash-only business. No, I know, but no, no, it's not cash. There's no cash. You ha- you can only pay with the PIN card. But even just pulling my oh, a my PIN card, those crazy. Explain what those are to people. Yeah, well, we're going to get those in America eventually in, in 2015 or whatever. It has you know it has the authentication on the card itself. So there's no authentication going to uh, to some back-end system. Which of course puts the um, the responsibility of fraud onto the merchant and ultimately onto the customer. So if you lose your card, tough tough luck. You know, then uh, then you're responsible and you have to cancel it. If you don't, the bank isn't going to be responsible for anything. So that's the only thing you can use. Certainly in the Netherlands and in most of most of Europe these days, and America's just really really behind. But to have someone just you know look at me and go, credit card is not allowed here. I'm like, excuse me. Is she Russian? <laughs> Believe me, this is how Dutch people can sound when they speak English. Huh. Well, that must have been fun. What were you going to buy? Um, a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, my, my brain is scrambled. So essentially, uh, your, your, your credit card is worthless. Yes. Would they pretty, take yes. cash? Um, not everywhere. We've talked about this last time when we were. Yeah, stuck I know here. we talked about it last year, yeah. but no, no. In most I, places, I still they find won't... it stunning that they won't take cash. No, in, why in... would a society let itself put it put itself in a position where it won't do business with cash? Because they've been programmed here to believe that it's easy, it's handy, and Ooh. so now they want to only can use these stupid pin cards, which means yeah. it's essentially cash. Yeah. yeah, but it's not cash. So no, we ha- we but had- it acts it acts as if it's cash. So mm-hmm. why don't they just take the cash? Yeah, well, you're asking you're asking sorry questions. For the I, logic. Yeah, no, you're asking questions I just can't answer. Anyway, so it's uh, so it it's it's weird. It's you know, you, and, and everyone's just it's uh, I don't know. It's I, I don't get a good vibe here, and it's dirty. For the first time, I'm in Amsterdam. Like this is it's dirty. There's trash everywhere. There's clean town. Crud on the streets. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And maybe it's the summer. Everyone's just taking their time or whatever. I don't know. It's uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel all that great for some reason. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, we're um uh. we'll be off to uh, uh, to France tomorrow. And uh, taking a high speed rail. Uh no. <laughs> No, we're going to fly. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to fly. Well, that makes no sense. Yeah, the place well, is it riveted. It's, it's, it's crisscrossed with rail. Why no. wouldn't it be cheaper to take a, a train? It is. It's just cheaper. It's cheaper to, cheaper to fly. I don't know. I looked at it. It's just cheaper. Huh. Well, that doesn't make any sense the way we've been, what we've been told. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so Europe is uh, in the middle of a heat wave. Uh, the UK is expecting hundreds of people to die. Of course, it's all global warming. Obviously, uh, you know that's. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I got a clip here from uh, uh, this is uh, Harry Reid, Democrat douchebag, uh, who <laughs> I was just running through you know my more normal uh, sources to see what you know you know C-SPAN stuff and. I don't know exactly what the occasion was, but Chuck Schumer was behind him with that, you know, Cheshire cat grin while Harry Reid was saying this. I am not going to beat around this, folks. The West is being devastated by wildfires. Millions of acres are burning. Millions of acres have burned. We had the largest fire that I can remember in southern Nevada. It's been burning for 
uh, I don't know, I think 16 days. 16 days. It's about out now, but it took a long time. We have a fire burning in the north. Announced today near Palm Springs, California, a fire. Colorado, they're burning all over. Why? Because of the climate has changed. The winters are <laughs> shorter. <laughs> you could just hear him going for it, you know. It's like, let me just give you all these horrible fires. Why? Because the climate has changed, my friends. We're all going to burn. When I was a kid, they had these fires constantly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still waiting for the hills outside of Petaluma to go up in flames. Uh, are you driving up there today? Yeah. <laughs> don't throw your cigarette out the window, then. Well, it's a good thing I don't smoke, then. <laughs> and uh, happy um, Captive Nations Week, John. This is uh, brand new from our uh, president. As, oh, uh, I'm glad he's come up with some new some new ideas. Yeah, this one was a little interesting. Uh, it came through. Uh, it came through this morning, and I have to apologize. I can't. Uh, I'm having a problem seeing. Uh, I don't know. If I put my glasses on, I have to sit too far back, and without my glasses, I I can't quite get close enough. Um, but let me read this to you. As citizens of the oldest democracy on Earth, which, by the way, is that true? The oldest democracy on Earth, as far as I know, is Iceland. Well, it says right here, proclamation by the President of the United States of America, as citizens of the oldest democracy on Earth, <laughs> we, sorry, Iceland, we believe that all people are created equal with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Together, we have kept that most basic promise shining bright for more than two centuries, upholding civil rights and expanding their reach, advancing freedom's march, and widening the circle of opportunity for all. That's Is the he talking about what? <laughs> well, that's the prelude. The rest of the world, attention, be very, be very afraid. Our commitment to universal rights is also a foundation for American leadership abroad. In the course of our nation's history, countries worldwide have pledged themselves to a universal declaration of human rights. Corrupt dictatorships have given way to new democracies, focusing on the stale air of author uh, authoritarian rule with a fresh breath of freedom. Essentially, what he's saying here is that, uh, here it is, Captive Nations Week is an opportunity to reaffirm America's role in advancing human rights worldwide. This means we're up to no good. And we're, and we're giving it a whole week. <laughs> and we're going to force this down somebody's throat. It is a task that can begin here with the example we set and the understanding that we are stronger when all our people are granted opportunity no matter what they look like. You know, this is... They, it's just, this no matter is, what they look like? Yes. Yeah. Well, he goes on, where they worship or who they love. So... Uh, if you're black, if you're white, if you're red, yellow, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, if you're gay, if you're lesbian. Uh, b by the way, by curious, of course, uh, doesn't count. Um, but this, but the whole thing—it's creepy, you know. This—it's creepy to say, you know, we're going to push this on everybody, which to me can only mean that there's something coming, probably Syria, because you know we have to deliver our freedom to these people. Well, that douchebag McCain oh. was grilling uh, uh, our, 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 the little Irishman. Oh, and, uh, Dempsey, uh, yeah. Does, and, doesn't he uh, look a little bit like a leprechaun? Oh, he's a, he, he doesn't look like one. He is one. 
Um, but you, you, this is the kind of thing. This guy, he's like a nightmare. This McCain because he's got his little cadre of his, you know, that that Lindsey Graham and and Kelly Ayot, the three of them, you know, are picking yeah. up people. Yeah. So let's play a little bit. Let's see what's going on because you can just see the, the Syria thing coming around the coming around the bend in Washington today. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Army General Martin Dempsey, said he's laid out options for President Obama on using U.S. military power in Syria. Republican Senator John McCain pressed Dempsey to say what he would do, but the general declined. The decision on whether to use force is the decision of our elected officials. You know, I just asked, the chairman just asked you if you would give your personal opinion to the committee if asked. You said yes. I'm asking for your opinion. About the use of kinetic strikes. That issue is under deliberation inside of the, the, our agencies of government, and it would be inappropriate for me to try to influence the decision with, with uh, me rendering an opinion in public about what kind of force we should use. Afterward, McCain said Dempsey must share his recommendations with the committee, and he'll block Dempsey's nomination for a second term as chairman of the Joint Chiefs until he gets an answer. Yeah, I saw this, and and it was the whole thing was was just bizarre. It's like, what was this? McCain just wants to hear someone besides him say, "Yeah, let's go in, let's go in, let's go bomb it." I mean, that's just this, the guy. Does he get off on this stuff, or what is wrong with him? He's, he seems to be working for somebody else. Well, yeah, the guys who make bombs and fighter jets. I can't see any other reason why he would be like this. He's, it's disturbing. It really is. Yeah, he's, he hangs out in the Middle East. He's always meeting with people over there. And then he's, he's the biggest warmonger that we've had, we have, period, in all of Congress. He just wants to bomb the heck out of everybody. He wants to attack. He wants us to bomb Iran, yeah. Iran. Yeah. And uh, and then there's this, and now he's badgering uh, Dempsey, who you know put up with it, I guess. And it was weird because I was watching this, and it, I swear it looked like Dempsey's shoulder pads with those stars. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that there was only three of them. Uh, so, well, you can't see them because uh, you know the two of them are behind. Because they, yeah, they no, well. I saw three of them, but I saw the back yellow and the front yellow. I saw the the uh, the, the square that outlines the stars, and I could still only yeah. count three. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's just beside the point. But I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm sure he's got them all. I'm 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 sure they're all there. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure. And we lost uh, Helen Thomas. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny. Um, so Helen Thomas, for those of you who who don't remember. Um, uh, she was always in the front. Actually, before you know, um, when we started doing the show, which was around two thousand eight, was it two thousand eight, two thousand seven? Yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. She was still uh, always in the front row at the White House uh, briefings. Now, of course, the internet was really just still kind of coming up to speed, and you know, we didn't have all the great. I remember I was in the UK. I didn't even have a, a, a full wired connection for for a year or whatever. I was on some kind of you know three G something or other, uh, so we couldn't get all the all the material we wanted at the time. But she's been for ten presidents. She's kind of been the annoying, very no agenda like. I have to say, very annoying in the front row, always you know just asking whatever was came to the top of mind, kind of the questions you want to ask. And she and when the Obama administration came in, she you know, I remember, 
I, I tried to find some stuff, but I just I, I couldn't find it easily because of the situation. We talked here. about this. She was very disappointed in, in the Obama Very disappointed, but he was also dismissive of her. You remember he would be like, okay, Helen. Yeah, he's you know, an old white woman. Hell with her. He was a lot. Of, I tried to find it, and it's no longer on C-SPAN that I could find. Uh, I remember there was one or two times when he was like, shut up, basically. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, of course, um, she essentially got railroaded out of Washington because of, uh, you know, so she got hijacked outside by some guy, and, I, and that I do have. And he asked her a question about Palestine and about uh, Israel and Palestine, and in 27 seconds, which I'm about to play for you, changed her life forever, got her kicked out of Washington, essentially off the entire press corps and out of the picture, kind of right around the time when the Obama administration was really annoyed with her questions, and she would ask questions like, um, how come you haven't closed Gitmo yet? <laughs> and then the Obama would be like, uh... comments on Israel. We're arresting everybody today. Any comments on Israel? get the hell out of Palestine. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <And better comments. laughs> Remember, these people are occupied. And it's their land. Not German, it's not Poland. So where should they go? What should they do? They go home. Where's the home? Poland. So the Jews, Germany. You think Jews go back to Poland and Germany? And, and America and everywhere else. Yeah, so apparently that was like the worst thing she could have ever said. It was the worst (laughs) thing she could ever say, and you know, it was just horrible because she said, "Go back to Poland," and I guess that's because go back to Poland. Yeah, yeah. Um, But mommy, I've never even seen Poland. uh, And I guess some related to this, someone sent me a link to a book, which he said I should. One of our producers said you've got to read this book. It's by it's brand new and I just got it on the on the I was luckily it's on uh, it came out on Kindle so I can uh, read it while uh, while we're taking our our week off. <laughs> it's called This Town, and it's written. Oh yeah, no, that's the book that we talked about this weeks ago. Yeah, I don't. This remember is the book this that book. was snuck. I mean, I, I'll hear this anecdote. I'll remind you. The book was not supposed to be out, and somebody slipped oh, a bunch that, of copies oh, right. at it, the airport. <laughs> right, it landed at the airport. Exactly. So the author is um, Mark uh, Leibovich, and he is – what is he, a New York Times guy, I think? I believe so. Yeah. So he's on Charlie Rose, and um, and so one of our producers said, you've got to read this book. Take a look at this interview of him on Charlie Rose. And so I clipped this uh, this one-minute thing of him talking about the book, which definitely makes me uh, you know very excited about reading this. Um, uh, he kind of gets into exactly uh, why he wrote the book, or as Charlie says, what's the... Uh, What's the origin of this? Why, uh, why did you write this? See, let's just talk a I minute. Mean, this is really is interesting from a thousand ways. Uh, eating lunch in this town, I think, had to do with the famous quote in California right. and Hollywood. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Never, eat here. Right. Never eat lunch in this town again. What were you, what's the origin of this? The, the origin of this is, I think, first of all, just living in this town and working in this town for a while. And I, I do think... This town being Washington. This town being Washington, D.C. And... and I mean, after a while, I mean, people say you're cynical, you're a reporter, but if you're a reporter in Washington, it's sort of hard not to be cynical, but it's also hard not to be co-opted in a way. And I think if you were to sort of look at this almost psychoanalytically, I mean, maybe there's part of me that wanted to check myself before getting too deep into this world. But you have been partly co-opted yourself. I I think you you can't help it. I mean, I think it would be dishonest to have not 
to have not said or that. Or live in a cave. Or, or live in a cave, exactly. But I do think that the inspiration for this actually was at Tim Russert's funeral um, in June of 2008, which is the opening scene of the right, book, and right. just watching it degenerate instantly into this networking opportunity and cocktail People party. came to the funeral to be seen as much as to pay Well, I, I think they were paying respect, I think. Okay, now this is actually how the book uh, starts and opens up. Listen to this, because this will blow you away. Clearly there was, there was a lot of sadness in the room, but I do think that, that there was a CNBC and quality to it, and clearly, I mean, people were working it. I mean, you see business cards flying and people congratulating. At a funeral, at a funeral yeah. I mean, it was, a, yeah. It was a, I thought, an epic scene. Now, you talk about so many people. You say about uh, former President Clinton and the former Secretary of State that they do funerals well. They do. I mean, the, the Clintons are experts at, at mourning and funeral, and, and I feel your pain, I and mean, that's one of his signature lines. Now, again, that sounds cynical. I think there, it comes in some ways from a place of genuineness, but, but clearly, if you talk to anyone who knows them, they are pros at, at sickness, at mis other people's misfortune, and they're, they're, they do empathy, empathy well. Is it? <laughs> I think that's just, it makes so much sense. They're pros at sickness and other people's misery. Yeah, well, remember that old clip that I used to put all, play a lot, which was Clinton saying, I think the Secretary of State should be in a place where there's plenty of human misery. <laughs> no, I don't remember, remember that. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, it's a clip which yeah. we used because it was, it was just funny because it was that's where Hillary was floating around. He says, I, I think that the Secretary of State should be where there's a lot of human misery. And I took it as just kind of uh, get her out of the house and right. make her suffer. But rethinking it is probably exactly... What he thinks, he thinks, you know, because these guys are, they're, they're, they feed off of this. And can you imagine that? It's so like a, a Star Trek story. Right. So essentially what he's saying is that, you know, Tim Russert, who, of course, uh, I think was killed. Uh, he's the guy that was, uh, did, uh, before Chip Gregory came on the scene. He basically took his job, right? Wasn't it, is it Chip? Chip who took uh, Tim Russert's yes. gig? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, the guy, it was a fun guy to watch. And he had, you know, it was, it was all roly-poly. And then he goes, and then so he, at his funeral, you got the Clintons, and they're like they're like doing business there. These people are horrible. Well, the book should be very good. Everyone lo loves this book. All right, it well, won't mean anything, by the way. No, no, but it won't I'm, change uh, anything. No, of course not. Washington D.C. is 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 ruining the world. Well, if you. If you watch the entire interview, uh, and, and uh, you know there was no need really for Charlie Rose to have him on for the whole show, but you know the, the guy is essentially saying that it, everything, everyone's uh, corrupted, everyone's co-opted, including him. He kind of admits that, and he says, you know, the the whole place is, you know, the, the whole idea is you get in, you want to get into into some kind of position for five minutes at least, so you can get out, and then you're set for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, you can go charge some corporation, you know, for your connections or whatever. It is, and that's the whole. That's the whole business. Yeah, no, and I, I think there's there's something to that. Play the Napolitano clip. Hold on a second. Uh, I'm not quite as fast as I am at home, so here we go. Now, Napolitano will finish her duties with Homeland Security in the next month and a half, starting with UC in September. She is going to make a base salary of five hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. Woo! It's a university, you know, it's a, a, a college. I'm glad you bring this up um, because uh, there's a lot of talk about who is going to be replacing our dear uh, Lucy, Janet Napolitano. Uh, this is Cornell West with the name that is being floated the most. No, I thought that they were wonderful words, a tribute to uh, Sister Sabrina and, and Brother Tracy, who I thought were uh, 
were, were wonderful. I mean, I lean on the same Jesus that they do, but it's going to be actions. That's going to be the crucial thing. Mm. That when you talk about racial profiling and you acknowledge a racist criminal justice system that has nearly destroyed two generations of precious young black brothers, especially poor black brothers, we finally get a word. Now, it's been five years. First black president finally says a word about the new Jim Crow. I welcome it. Sign of progress. Let's see what kind of action on the ground. When you talk about Raymond Kelly as maybe the new head of Homeland Security, he is the poster child of racial profiling. Many of us went to jail because well, of stopping free. So actions we... can undermine words here. We're going to have to see. So this is uh, the name that everyone's talking about. Apparently the president even said, I'm not sure if Ray Kelly, who was the police commissioner of New York, who is the guy who has implemented this, um, uh, what do they call it? The stop and search or... Stop and Basically, stop and strip. I think it's a, you're black, stop. <laughs> it's like you're black, come over here. <laughs> is that, is that the policy? Black. Right. So, I'm sorry, you're black, Latino, come over here, we got to search you. Um, but I have received from one of our uh, intelligence sources a different name, which I've not heard anywhere else. Chris Inglis. I think his full name is John Chris Inglis. He is the number two guy at the NSA. And word is, and he was, um, in fact, he came in and bumped out the guy, what was his name, Black, I think it was, who was the number two guy at the NSA. And he was <coughs> over there in the U.K. running kind of the MI6 NSA or GCHQ or whatever they call it. Yeah, that thing, that crazy thing. He was there. He was there. Go between the one with the guy. round building, just like the exactly. Apple head. Exactly. So this Inglis um, apparently is really well connected, <clears throat> and and this is the guy. And I think we should put it in the book because you have not heard this anywhere else. This name, and he is supposedly the guy that's going to become the new. Um, uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, which of course makes the NSA that much more powerful, because he is a, he is the number two guy. It's it's Kaiser Alexander, and then him. Huh. I'm looking at his wiki page. He's uh, oh, he's got a presidential rank award for distinguished service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is this guy. Is, what does that mean? You know, he got another one. He got one in 2004. He got another presidential rank award for meritorious service in 2000. <laughs> so he's deputy director. Of, just basically giving you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Let's give each other an award. Okay. Yeah, but this this guy is uh, he's he's uh, he's in the pocket. Deputy director of the NSA. I mean, just look at his wiki page. There's nothing in there. No, it's just a bunch of dates and <laughs> yeah. what he did. Yeah, th th this is it looks how they like operate. A bullet points from the agency. Yeah, you don't think that they're going to allow anything to be active? You just go ahead, try and put something in there. Let's see how long it lasts. Oh yeah, that'd be out in two seconds. <laughs> NSA, like, ah, oh, we got an alert. We have to, we have to remove something quickly. He's a brigadier general. Mm -hmm. So this starting is starting in the Air National Guard. And then he moved into the Air Force. I was assuming he was in Air Force Intelligence, and then he probably went up to. Uh, so the question uh, is, th is this he's is got a, big guys? He looks like an alien. He could be a gray. You see his his, his high forehead. He's kind of like a yeah, and big eyeballs, huge. Yeah. But this is a this is a presidential uh, nom. The president has to nom nominate someone for this, correct? Yeah, nobody would say no to this guy because he got everyone blackmailed. Right. So there was no one's going to vote. This this will be a, you, you, this guy, even though I don't know if he's going to get it. But let's assume he, if he does get nominated, I'll bet you it goes through unanimously. Oh yeah. Don't except Rand Paul, <laughs> and he'll say, "Do you think they were smuggling weapons to uh, from Benghazi?" No, 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 no. no. He's going to ask. I know he's going to ask him. He what? says, 
Do you think that what happened in Egypt was a coup? A coup. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Would you call it a coup? <laughs> Would you call that a coup? Rand Paul is it, all he asks everyone. They just, they just put a robot in there to ask the same thing over and over again. Was Egypt a coup? Why does he care anymore? <laughs> he still asks. By the way, I received from producer Gary a uh, talk about how awesome this show is, and, and we don't toot our own horn uh, that often. But I'm going as to, much as we should. I'm going to toot your horn. I will take you back to episode 175. Now today is episode 532, so we're going back to episode 175. I think that I must have been. Was I still living in London at the time? Uh, I have no idea. 2000. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, I think no, 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 no. I was in uh, San Francisco, probably. This is February 18th, 2010. Listen to the soothsayer, John C. Jebediah Dvorak. That was a great setup for nothing to start. Hold on, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, at the uh, media offices, I've got two monitors. Uh, a, uh, a By the way, uh, our, our quality of our sound has improved since then. I think one that's on, a, on an iMac. What? I hope. Yeah. And the other one that's a ViewSonic, and, and there's a high-end ViewSonic. They both of them have cameras on them, and I have black tape. Oh, over the, the cameras? Camera holes. <laughs> really? It's yeah, so paranoid. I, I in a in any situation environment like that I will black tape the camera holes. I do not trust these cameras on like many of these computers. Okay, well, who do you think is going to be looking at you? Me? No. <laughs> I don't know. The NSA perhaps. I have no idea. There you go. <laughs> you truly are the oracle, my friend. <laughs> the NSA 2010. 2010 he said that. Anyway, That's in the morning good. to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, feet in the air, and all the dames and knights out there. That's right. And in the morning to all of our producers uh, who are once again lined up, ready to go, depleting their $9.2 million value in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Uh, also to our uh, our crack team there, Void Zero, uh, Sir Gene, uh, Mr. Oil, Sir Gitmo Slave, everybody helping out to make sure we stay on the air, which is highly appreciated. And, of course, to our artists... Um, want to thank? Uh, whoops, uh, we had to, who did our art on five thirty one? It was Thorin. Thorin. Yep. Uh, NoAgendaArtGenerator.com. dot com. We uh, really appreciate the work that you guys do, and I think we have a couple of people who we can thank for um, uh, helping us out and producing executive producing and associate executive producing episode five three two. Yes, and get your pen out. Okay, I got my pen. I'm ready to okay. go. Uh, well, our first executive producer, which is $532, is uh, Joseph Sukbeer, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's in London. Uh, hi, Batman and Robin. I'd like some job karma and an LGYs. I recently lost my job, but he's oh, giving geez. us 532 in these trying economic times. And then uh, he also donated 500 What? Yes, wow. and he says, hey, guys, it's me again. I enjoy the show, but nothing is the best podcast in the universe. I just want to make a second donation for Sunday's show to take me over the top for knighthood. I don't know why he's not on the knight list. Um, well, I saw someone come through on the knight list. Hold yeah, a valued card holder. Oh, no. Well, well let's put Joseph on. Um, yes, oh, that's, well, that's why you needed me to have my pen. I get it. Okay. Uh, Joseph, what's his last name here? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little... Uh, S-U-K-H-B-I-R. How do you pronounce that, do you think? 
Wow. You can go to the pronunciation guide oh. if you want. And, no, that's okay. This is cool. Well, let me uh, first let me hit him up with, I'm going to do some Jobs Karma and, uh, and an LGY to top it off. This is very cool. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Yay! I'll have you know I'm doing this all on a mini setup. Yes. Well, you've been doing the mini setup for a while. Well, I, now even, you, I, I even have a, uh, I, I have the mini controller now as well, so it's even more mini than usual. Uh, valued card holder, our buddy uh, in S- Sydney, Australia, five hundred. Dear Bert and Ernie, uh, we a national we had a, we uh, it says we a national conversation about donating to No Agenda. Why? Because spring is in the air, Southern Hemisphere, and the neighbors are putting up security cameras because of the. Giant sign that I see from my desk that reads "Workshop Live." Wow. May as well say "Obey, Consume, Marry, and Reproduce," or because as I did, you caught yourself humming the Gitmo Nation national anthem. In any case, I think the whole Prism program is a good thing. For starters, as a complete and utter moron, I feel safer. But also, seeing how the CIA won last year's Best Picture Oscar, I'm betting on at least a Golden Globe for the NSA for best adaption of my email, (laughs) adaptation of my email. I'll be expecting a royalty check and a mention in the acceptance speech. A nice credit, but doesn't hold a candle to producer of the best podcast in the universe, though. This time around, the exchange rate is working against us, but please accept this contribution which I think puts me over the top for knighthood, might I humbly request the title of Sir Valued Card Holder. Absolutely. Knight at large of the No Agenda Roundtable, and a little karma for myself and the significant other. Chances are I'm already kneeling, so go ahead and knight me. Knight me in the mouth. Much love. <laughs> that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Let me uh, give him a little bit and of we karma. Do have, yeah, and you will get a knight ring. Yeah, let me, and let me give him uh, some obey karma. You know, let me see. Where is it here? Why is that? You will obey. You will obey. You will obey. You've got karma. There we go. Nice. Wow, thank you. And a ring coming your way and a nighting later on in the show. Baba Mustafa. Uh, 33333 from Clayton, North Carolina. Just Baba Doyo. So he says. Uh, now, Anonymous from Aurora, California. Uh, Colorado came in with 33333. Unfortunately, I, I, he does have a long note here as a government employee, and I've read, I can read part of it. But he's, he printed it, uh, at, at, and I don't have my glasses. Oh, wait a minute. Two, two, uh, uh, two point type, is that what he did? It's very small type, mm, yeah. and it's light blue ink. <laughs> Yay! So great I, I, great idea. Way to get your note read. <laughs> so, uh, yes, don't write like that. So I, I, I'll read excerpts from it at a later date. Um, uh, also, uh, and that those will be our executive producers for show 532. Sir Keith Chamberlain, 25533 in Medford, Oregon. Sir Keith of Medford, best shows ever. Oh. Please give me three fun effects. Adam's Choice. Oh. Carry on the best podcast in the universe. Thank you both. Keep up the good work. Oh. Don't get droned. No way. Uh, my Choice? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Okay. If you see something, say something. Ken the best podcast in the universe. Adam's choice. Good. Yeah.
Adam's Choice. AC, Adam Curry, Adam's Choice. Rien van Reithoven. Oh, I know. This is Rien van Reithoven. Reithoven. <laughs> this guy right. uh, right. is a right. Dutch guy, and he's a he's actually he's a pretty well-known photographer of architecture. And oh, really? Yeah. And he lives over here in Hercules, up the street from me. He's been there for seven years, I think. He moved to... Uh, Oh, I gotta go see you. You've, you He's got to take me on one of his photo shoots. I'll be the guy who so, opens the bags. No, let me tell you. So he, uh, the way he does, he, he, so he does uh, architecture photography, but he has some setup where he literally paints light all over the building. You, you, you got to Google his name. You'll, you'll see his stuff. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Oh, uh, but, but what's funny is he's, he's been calling people celebrities here in the Netherlands. Yeah, and he's saying you have to donate to the No Agenda show, and so I'm getting all these weird emails. People are like Curry, what is what is this? I'm like Reen is saying I have to send you five hundred dollars. Why? Reen <laughs> said, "Don't question funny. it, man. Just do it. What's your problem?" Reen said, "So you do it." <laughs> huh? Uh-huh. Well, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. That has my attention. Yes. Did you did you Google him? No, not yet. Okay. I'm still going to read. I'll right. Google yeah, you later. Google later. I mean, he's, I'm telling you, this is a stone's throw from where I live. Well, you should hook up with him. Of course, I can't really throw that far. But Francis Lambert. Uh, yeah, no, I should. I would love to go on a photo shoot and just... just yeah, you're good, you know, man. You're good. Maybe learn something about how to open the lens bigger. Francis Lambert, 243-43 from Zabak, Croatia. Which I think is a happening place at the moment. That this town, it's ITM, it's, kind of, John and it's Adam. kind of like what Detroit will be in five years, I think. ITM, Adam and John, you guys have been outstanding lately. You know, I may while you're floating around, uh, I may actually take a quick run to Detroit. You know, I, I was going to I go meet up with you. If I, I was going to meet up with you, yeah, in the south of France. Yeah, we were we, south of France. We but I decided a, Detroit's a better choice. <laughs> we already had the uh, the the cot ready for you. We. <laughs> we were sure you were going you were going to come and join us John but Detroit yeah. is second best i agree you guys have been outstanding lately here's some value for value please give a round of karma for the 100 million americans with or without food stamps greetings from croatia <laughs> let me uh, hand that out i do need to say something you've got <clears throat> karma um cuz it's funny i got a lot of people saying please show me this 101 million number and I was I was right, but not entirely correct. So I do apologize. Uh, the 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 number of people, and this is according to the document, which is in the show notes, which I also misfiled. So I'll put it in the show notes for today's show again, so you can see it's the government PDF, and it's under clips and stuff. Um, Forty-seven million Americans are on the SNAP program. That's the the supplemental uh, food stamps, essentially. Uh, the other uh, little over 50 million are on any number of other governmental food programs. So it's 101 million in total. It is only 47 million on SNAP. But when you look at all the programs, and it's in this one document, it's 101 million Americans on some kind of government food program. Okay. I didn't like the number either. Yeah, but but the forty seven is bad by itself, but one hundred and one. Yeah, no, forty seven is still pretty high. But it's the total. Yeah. It's all programs. Okay, all right. Well, I just need to clarify because a lot of people are like that. You dug yourself out of the hole. Curry, time. you suck, man. It's not true. 
I, I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> I'm unsubscribing. Yeah. Well, we got those guys. They're just waiting. They're sit laying in wait. Ah, they made a mistake. It's not five five two. It's five five one point two. It's one point two. They're dumb. My my favorite is not even uh, not even saying I'm unsubscribing. It's just unsubscribed. <laughs> That's my favorite. Blocked. Blocked. That's right. That's what you do. You're like, blocked. (laughs) Adam Smith. Good old Adam Smith. And loaded a dough up in Calgary, Alberta, where all the money is in Canada, 235. Hmm. Uh, Hey, Jan, still enjoying the show tremendously, especially 528 with Adam's expert plane crash analysis. Keep up the great work. And can I please get a 999 and good luck karma for the Little League Baseball Team I coach. Few games coming up down the stretch. Can always use the extra help. Cheers. Absolutely. We'll do a nine 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 or in a car. There you go. You've got karma. Always happy to oblige. Roberto Bertan. Bertran. Sorry, Roberto. In uh, two thirty three thirty three, Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, and by the way, if anybody is in the Michigan, Detroit area, can show me around. Uh, send me an email, Dvorak, John Dvorak.org. I want to get to the worst parts of town, but I need some escorts, obviously. <laughs> uh, if you know what I mean when we say escort, a, wink, and wink, a wink, side. Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Hola, Armando and Jose. <laughs> I recently got my security deposit on my old apartment in the mail. You guys offer me so much brain security that it only makes perfect sense to donate to the best podcast in the universe. I've been a long-time boner and always felt bad for not donating. Oh. Please de-douche me and give my new fiancé, Libby, and I a shot of karma. We are celebrating her birthday this Saturday. Oh. So I would and we have her on the list. So you can your appreciation is appreciated. Can you please call out my friend Carlos from Miami, who has never donated a douchebag? Douchebag. Keep up the excellent work. Love the show. All right. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And that concludes our uh, generous Mm. donations from for show five three two. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com and noagendanation.com. Click on the donate buttons there. But we want to remind people, we got, we, I don't know if we talk about it now, talk about it later. We have two. Let's talk about it now. Yeah, let's talk about it now. It's good. Yeah. And again, I want to remind people that we, you know, would like to keep the uh, income stream. So don't just, well, they're going to do a clip show. So well, screw well, Hold on a second. We're not just doing a clip show. We've actually, no. we're, we've, we're producing. We've got Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Kane, noagendacd.com well, producer. I made the mistake of calling Randy Kane in yeah, the newsletter. You know, that was not so good. Well, <laughs> he already, fin- he already <laughs> finished let, it. Let me, let me give people a little look into the no agenda behind the scenes. So John and I never talk. But uh, t- once or twice a week, when John's going to send out the newsletter, uh, he'll send me the draft, and he says, you know, take a look at it, because, you know, it's like, uh, I'll give up. usually I, there's no change, but I find little typos or little things or something, or I might have a comment. So uh, I'm jet-lagged, so at 4 in the morning, my eyes open up, and I'm like, oh, I'm awake, and so I, I grab, the, you know, I start looking at email, and there's John, who at 1.30 a.m. my time sends a note saying, stay awake, I'm going to send you the <laughs> newsletter, don't go to sleep, you have to check it. And like, fuck, you're a douche. I can't say. 
And then, of course, the one time I don't look at it, a mistake <laughs> like that slips in. It's like, can it yeah, be any well, nutty? Okay. He's a good guy. He doesn't. Yeah, he's a okay. good He's a freak. Right. But anyway, so Ramsey Kane is going to. Uh, oh, he's already done it, actually. He's finished it. He's not going to be able to do any more editing on it today because he says his wife will divorce him. Apparently, he puts in a lot of time for us. Yeah, and he so does. he's, he's instead of uh, one of us doing it, he, we, it's like a third party. Show of important clips, right. not Inde- just yeah. It's like an independent, independent, clips. independent guy. Yep. And so it's going to be very interesting show, and it's going to be, uh, I guess, about an hour and a half, or up to two. Now, hours. is that the one we're doing uh, on Thursday? That's, that's the Thursday okay, show. Okay, that's the Thursday show. Good. And then, and then on Sunday, su- next Sunday, we've got another one that we're producing. Uh, I'll be producing these during the week, so editing them is really is what I'm doing, and then giving them to somebody to post. And uh, this will be a couple of interviews. I did one interview with uh, uh, what's his? I got his name is John Dixon, and uh, John Dixon is a uh, former uh, Air Force intelligence guy. runs a software company in San Antonio called the Denim Group, and they do computer security stuff. And we talk about the NSA, and it's actually a very entertaining conversation. And then Adam follows that, or actually that'll follow Adam's conversation, which is the first one. With uh, which actually excerpted from one of his uh, when he was doing all these interviews, and this yeah. is a really good one uh, of a guy. What's his name? Is Dan- Daniel Suarez? Suarez, right? The book writer. Yeah. And, and that that's an entertaining thing. And then that'll be another hour and a half show, more or less. And it'll probably I think it's a little longer. So Daniel Suarez, for those of you who don't know, is the guy who wrote um, uh, Demon. Uh, followed by Freedom TM, and of course he wrote The Kill Decision, which is the book about drones, which uh, came out, what is it now, about a year ago, longer than a, yeah, more than a year ago now, um, and which he, he pretty much nailed everything that is taking place right now. And he also was a former uh, military contractor, and I kind of nut- noodle him a little bit about that. The so these, this will be a good show on Sunday. Now, we're going to, now this is the question I want to ask you now, might as well. We... If somebody, if anyone wants to be an executive producer for either of these two shows, we will run the numbers as usual on the same as usual night. Right. And so if you're going to be, so you will be credited for as an executive producer on these shows respectively. And, uh, right. So, so we put those in the show notes. Is that what you're saying? We're going to, yeah. Okay. So we're not actually on vacation. We're actually. You have to, you go and get your email anyway. You <laughs> we're might as well uploading. Yeah, we're uploading. We're doing. Uh, we're doing RSS feeds and yeah. Yeah, okay. all that's missing is this three hours of chit chat. <laughs> that's the only thing we're not doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we might as well do it. But too mean, late now. We're going to we do these shows. About? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's still he's done with the work. Hey, so buddy, we're not. We're on vacation. <laughs> well, vacation means you get you got you got. Three hours cut loose. Yeah. A lot of you know you don't have to get so many clips and the rest. So I mean, there's some some vacation aspect to it. I mean, I was planning but, on being but, really really drunk for the whole week, but I guess that's just not going to happen. Oh, oh, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever have you ever messed up an RSS feed for a podcast? Do you know what? that it takes weeks for all of that crap to <laughs> to, to flesh itself out? If you so yeah. I, I've done this where like you mislabel. Somehow yeah, the uh, the, uh, the enclosure is mislaid. Oh my god! And people are emailing and tweeting for weeks. It doesn't work. It's it doesn't broken. Work. <laughs> Your file it's is no dead, good. Dead <laughs> link. Dead link. Devorah.org slash n a. All right. Of course, you can uh, executive produce or go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this: <laughs> we go out, we hit people in the mouth. 
I think that's going to be a t-shirt. Dead link! <laughs> Dead link! You stupid idiot! Not working on Quantcast or whatever it's called. Hey, so I got a hold of the guys who are doing the, the BitTorrent folks. Oh, really? The the, bit, the, the BitTorrent sync thing? The Bram? Bram yeah, yeah, Cohen? Yeah. Oh. And so they're going to... Uh, they I've been, I've, to I've, how... Hold on. I've been, I've been signed up for the beta for weeks. I want to try the streaming stuff, but I, I, I get no love from them. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll send them a note saying that they send you a thing, a yeah, link, yeah, which you get back. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they think uh, they, they think it's great that we've been promoting it. Yeah. And they'll probably put us on a, a as a highlight on their website on their oh, blog. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I got to tell you, we have. But I think uh, it's the only long term. I, I think I'm totally agreeing with you. I think this is the only thing, the only safe distribution mechanism, at least for. Uh, Stuff like what we do. Well, what's nice about it, and for those of you who who haven't heard, if you if you go to the show notes, uh, we've been doing it for the past couple months. If you go to five three two dot dot com, you'll see it right there uh, at the bottom of the uh, of the of the of the main page. You'll see a link and it says new. Uh, get the show via BitTorrent Sync, and I think we now have thirty five uh, computers seeding uh, the show full time. We have two folders. One is the most recent show. And then we have um, Eric the Shill, actually, because he's, he's uh, maintained uh, an archive since day one, which I think now is 40 gigabytes, some, some obscene number. Um, and you can uh, sign up to that folder, and you'll essentially be uh, helping us uh, uh, maintain history by having every single No Agenda episode because uh, a lot of people want that. They want all the, 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 the back catalog, and so you can uh, subscribe to either one of those. And it, I, I, I really see this as the future of distribution. I'm, I'm so agreeing with you. In fact, when you sign up, when you, um, you get the BitTorrent sync and you, and you subscribe to our folder, you get the show before it's released anywhere else. So before I even put it in the RSS feed, before the show notes are even up, uh, you can get the show. A lot of people seem to like that. Yeah, everybody's in a hurry. Yes. And in case uh, no one had done this yet in America, uh, I'm sure uh, someone has somewhere. Of course, uh, uh, here in the Gitmo lowlands, people don't really care too much about what's going on in America. Uh, I'll, as example, uh, the Zimmerman trial, n- no one cares. No one knows. No one's talking about it. It's not, a, not on anyone's mind whatsoever. NSA snooping. Yeah, no, now that it came out that the Netherlands actually uh, has more phone taps than any country in the world, uh, which they're also not concerned about here, by the way, because, of course, no one has anything to hide. Uh, But people are like, wow, how does an entire city go bankrupt? And, of course, I'm talking about Detroit, and you can't talk about the bankruptcy of Detroit without going back to 2012 and uh, President Obama saying this. Just a few years ago, the auto industry wasn't just struggling. It was flatlining. GM and Chrysler were on the verge of collapse. Suppliers and distributors were at risk of going under. More than a million jobs across the country were on the line, and not just auto jobs, but the jobs of teachers, small business owners, and everyone in communities that depend on this great American industry. But we refused to throw in the towel and do nothing. We refused to let Detroit go bankrupt. I bet on American workers and American ingenuity. 
think it's so funny. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you. Really? Just to be a nice guy and you're on vacation, you're getting clip of the day, that's a beauty. Really? You're telling yeah, me? Yeah, you, you brought, you did, you did some serious work, <laughs> you went into the archives and found that clip. <laughs> Oh wow! I wasn't even expecting it. I'm, I'm like, I'm completely befuddled here. Well, thank you so much, John. It's been uh, been quite a number of shows since we've had one. I'll take it absolutely. Clip of the day. <laughs> yeah, we won't let them go bankrupt, and there they are. <laughs> now, no, they are. I, I guarantee, no other uh, show that does news analysis. We'll do. We'll have that clip available to them to play to, to rub it, uh, rub, rub it, in. <laughs> rub it in his face. You can take that to the bank. That's right. No one has that. In fact, no one has. No, I sit on stuff like this for years, just waiting. Like, oh yeah, you'll regret them words one day. <laughs> you regret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what did he say? He said something recently. He said something else that. Um, I don't know. There's just so much well, stuff. Yeah, here's what really got me. Three times that I counted, he came out in front of the press corps and bitched and moaned about Trayvon Martin. But the classic, the classic line, and you know, talking about nothing nobody cares about in Europe, is this one where essentially he says that Trayvon Martin, that that Zimmerman killed a future president. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I saw this. It's like free crime. I'm an assassin. It's crazy. But I did want to just talk a little bit about context. Uh, and how people have responded to it and, and how people are feeling. Um, you know, uh, when uh, Trayvon Martin was first shot, uh, I said that this could have been my son. Uh, another way of saying that is uh, Trayvon Martin could have been me uh, 35 years ago. Before it's a crime. <laughs> It's pre-crime. Yeah, you know, I also thought that was really, Spoiler really crap. weird. And I heard that, too. I'm like, wow, I mean, you're basically saying that you could have been killed? I mean, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. Now, no, it makes no sense whatsoever. And why is he pandering to local politics? I mean, the whole thing is crazy. I mean, this is the problem with this president. He's, he can't rise above these sort of little items like the, like the professor at Harvard that was arrested. Yeah, you know, he keeps yeah. getting involved in these local issues that some someone brings to his attention. Hey, there's a lot of black kids in Oakland that are shot like every other day and Richmond, California. Yeah, no, you, just, see, yeah. you see, you're not allowed to talk. Yeah. standing up for them. You know, I will say that um, th th that there is a feeling worldwide probably and and this and this has worked is that america is just one big racial hate it's like white people hate black people black people live in ghettos no white people live in ghettos no brown people live in ghettos no red people live in ghettos and the black man is suppressed and the white man rules him and hates him that has that has pretty much worked that, I will say, is the impression that people have of America. Oh, by the way, in the South, a bunch of rednecks who hate gays. And, and, we don't, and, we, and, we, and we don't want women to have abortions. I have to say, good work. That has, you've succeeded in propagating that message about America. Totally. Yeah, thanks. It's really sad. And I, and I sit there, I'm like... Because you know, people still think here... Obama's not helping matters with this bull crap. It no. could have been me! No, no. And that is so dumb. It really... It's, it's, pathetic. it's sad. And, and there are a couple, of, uh, a couple of black guys out there. I saw one... I didn't clip it because it was just... I don't, I don't, I don't even want to... 
um, honor the stupid conversation by by bringing too much of it up on this show because you get enough of that bull crap on on mainstream media all the time. Uh, there's some uh, black radio host. What's his name? The guy's really good. And he got on Pierce Morgan and he just ripped Morgan to shreds. It's just just you know it's like this is this is the whole thing is bull crap. And it really is, and it's it's annoying, and it's really bad for America, and it's just it's bad. It's bad for white people, black people, all people. The whole thing is yeah, lame. Well, Morgan's it's, it's 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 incumbent upon him to to try to put down the whole culture because he's so above it all. Yeah, that guy. But also for the president to say, you know, that could have been me, and uh, you know, I when I walk when I walked in an elevator, women would clutch their purse and car doors would lock. The guy lived in Hawaii in a gated community. Are you kidding me? How dare he? How dare and then he? he was at, yeah, then he was at Harvard. I mean, really, how dare he? I went to Salem College in West Virginia, 50% black. My roommate, Tyree Hamilton, was black. And it didn't make any, any difference at all. But I'll tell you, that was no Obama black, okay? Really wasn't. And they accepted me. They were like, eh, whatever. It was, it was no difference. None. What, there was no black or white. And this is 19... No, Jeez. this is fomenting. These know. people, and I would put Sharpton at the top of this list, oh, by the way. Yes, thank you. Fomenting hate. You. Thank you. Haters, just making hate. for their And by the way, for their own benefit and profit. You know, horrible people. Well, there's good news coming out of Texas. Or actually, no, it was good news. <laughs> and then became bad news. What was that? What did I miss? I turned around, I left, and what happened? Oh, yeah, no, Texas is falling apart. Play the topless news. Oh, jeez. Uh, see, I knew I couldn't leave. <sighs> what is this? Welcome back, everybody. There's always great news coming out of the great state of Texas. So this it's is, all bigger. It's all bigger. So apparently there's a little bar down there in Texas, in Louisville, Texas, to be exact, mm -hmm. called Redneck Heaven Bar. Okay. Redneck Heaven Bar. <laughs> <laughs> and they at this little bar would have something they called ABC days, anything but clothes. So they had on some little bikini bottoms, but the tops were not covered as you see there. It was all body paint. Uh-huh. Okay, now this against was not against the laws, perfectly fine according to city ordinance there in Louisville, Texas. However, a resident complained and now they're changing the law, saying, you know what, if you work at a restaurant, you you can no longer have body paint, you must have on actual clothing at this bar. So now it is can no longer be truly topless, even with body paint, in Louisville, Texas. It doesn't look like they're wearing body paint. It doesn't look like they're naked at all. They must have pasties on. Well, and then paint on top of the pasties. So that Who is this idiot? Who is this woman? <laughs> who is this idiot woman? I have no idea. It's not <sighs> considered clothing, so long as it's, it's covered. I've asked the producers to fly me down so I can investigate and <laughs> get back to you. <laughs> this whole... Oh, we talk about titties. <laughs> right, we have idiots doing idiots. the news, but I actually think there's a there's a there's an interesting aspect of this story. Mm. So they have something that's just a tradition in this bar, and nobody gives a crap because it's, it's fine with the city. And one lone person, what is wrong with people that one complainer, one yeah. complainer. Yeah. yeah. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, it's... One complainer. I mean, why are you going into the place if you don't, you know? <laughs> it's uh... like, oh, this porn is terrible. Let me look at it again. Oh, yes, it's as terrible as I thought when I saw it the first time.
<sighs> this doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, it's just, that's right. Texas yeah, news. Right. That right. Thank you. Thank I know you. what you're missing. Yes, thank you. You're yeah. welcome. You're that's welcome. not really the Texas that I'm from. No. Uh, okay, so something very interesting happened uh, just as we were wrapping up uh, Thursday's show. And uh, to remind you, uh, I'll give you a little taster. Good morning to you, Carol. You know that police sergeant apparently felt somewhat conflicted about releasing the photos, but he also felt very strongly the Rolling Stone cover was an insult and hurtful to survivors. So this was his way of helping. These new photos showing a much different picture of Johar Zarnayev, captured by police. A bloody face, his hands up, the laser from a sniper rifle trained on his forehead. Okay, let's stop right there. John, I'm sure by now you've seen these pictures that were uh, published through Boston Magazine. Um, uh, there's a couple of things that are bothering me. Okay. One is, where's the, the neck wound? Oh, the neck wound. Where's the neck wound? Yeah, there wound? should be a neck wound. There should yeah, be a neck right. wound. And two, has and this... Okay, whoever put these pictures together, and by the way, stunning photography. These are not some snapshots. These are... This is really well done. These are very good pictures. Can anyone make this dot on the guy's forehead more Hollywood? I mean, please. I, have, have you have you ever used a laser a laser sight at that range? Because you can see where the gun is. This dot is the wrong size. I'm sorry. No, if it's that from that distance, it should be It's almost impossible to capture on a camera. It's this. There's something so wrong with this picture, and the, and of course, uh, I think this has so many. There's multiple multiple layers. So this cop. Uh, or the, for the police photographer or whatever his exact job is, he has been suspended from the force because he didn't have permission uh, to put this out. Now, of course, it makes a lot of sense that he wouldn't have permission because it doesn't fit with the bullcrap story we've been sold, that he was shot in the neck and you know, where did this wound come from? And he, and he just climbed out of the boat himself, uh, which, of course, doesn't fit with him uh, confessing on the inside of the boat that he wrote with some Sharpie magic marker where he actually said he did he was not guilty to 30 counts when he was in court and of course we're still waiting for the videotape that shows the brothers putting the backpacks into the uh, into the well, garbage they're trying cans. to make that go away that's you're, that's you're, exactly exactly what is happening here do you have something on this no, I got nothing. Okay, let's just listen to the rest of this report. A vastly different image from the one depicted in the controversial Rolling Stone cover. By the way, do you get the idea, John, that this was a kind of a, a left-right, you know, uh, ping-pong job, that it was like, okay, we'll get people all riled up about, which is ridiculous, by the way. We've had tons of... Uh, of uh, mass murderers and crazy people on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine and all kinds of publications. But everyone's outraged. We have all of the. Oh, we're not. No, it's a publicity stunt. No, I, I, I bought that from the beginning. It's right. A publicity but stunt. then you come out with these pictures to offset that with this message. Massachusetts State Police uh, Sergeant. Yeah. You know what I mean? John Murphy says. Yeah, yeah, he, no, I think you're right. He was so angry with Rolling Stone's cover, he released these new photographs to Boston Magazine. And listen to this piece. Listen to the man on the street pieces they put in here. The police tactical photographer told the magazine, quote, What Rolling Stone did was wrong. The guy is evil. This is the real Boston bomber, not someone fluffed and buffed for the cover of Rolling Stone. Fluffed and buffed. Hey, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Was <laughs> this guy been buff. on trial and found guilty? Oh, no. This is another part of it. He's, this is the, he did it. He is guilty. Even though he's, he said not guilty in court, 
to all 30 counts. There's no proof. We're still missing the video. No, this is in. They have to cover up whatever went on. I think that's the real face of terror. That's right, the real face of terror. I agree with them 100%. Boston Magazine's editor told CNN Murphy thought the cover sent the wrong message. I think he was genuinely worried about the uh, impact on the families of the victims, and I think he was also worried that uh, certain impressionable people might be lured to uh, replicate the act uh, by the kind of glamorous-looking photo uh, that is on the Rolling Stone cover. Zarnayev's first public appearance since his arrest was in court last week. He pleaded not guilty to 30 federal charges, including four killings. While images like these are already having an impact, some say the focus is all wrong. I think they should focus all the attention on the brave people and the people who lost their lives, not the monster who caused it all. Isn't this great? Don't you love this man on the street stuff they just throw in there, just like just grab someone, just put that in? Well, Carol, apparently Murphy did not want Rolling Stone to have the last say, so he decided to release the police photos himself. A police spokesman said in a statement the release of the photos was not authorized by the Massachusetts State Police. Murphy was suspended for a day and faces a hearing next week Woo! to determine his status. For a that day. investigation. <laughs> a whole day. With full pay, by the way. With full pay. <laughs> for doing his job right. Now this uh, this is uh, this, this is disturbing. Stinks. Yeah, it's disturbing, is what it is. It's disturbing. It's a kangaroo court. Is this like they try mob? It, this is the, the everybody's in on this. It's this mob thing. It's a mob. It's a yeah. mob. Yeah, it's it a lynch is. mob. Yeah. The media's in on it. I got a kick out of an NBC presentation. Just just I'm only got a very small clip. It's this called Snide Style. This, this is NBC making I, I believe now tell me i'm wrong i maybe have just over interpreted what i thought was a snide style of talking about the rolling stone it was just like it just seemed like they were trying to say these guys it's just weird you play and tell me what you think in a statement rolling stone editors said their hearts go out to the victims they said the cover story falls within the traditions of journalism and the magazine's commitment to serious and thoughtful coverage hmm now by overdoing that it just seemed like yeah, journalism and thoughtful coverage. It just seemed I, just the way he said it. I thought it was snide. Am, yeah, am I wrong? I, yeah, I want to listen to it again. I'm. I'm. Uh, let me just check it out. Hold on. In a statement, Rolling Stone editors said their hearts go out to the victims. They said the cover story falls within the traditions of journalism and the magazine's commitment to serious and thoughtful coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's snide. I mean, it's yeah, it's snide. That was snide. It's typical, though. It's you know, we we, we were at the uh, before we got on the plane uh, from Austin to Atlanta, we went to the newsstand, you know, and uh, and I looked at the magazines. John, I, I there's not a single one I actually wanted to buy. It was all every single magazine had bullcrap on it. Every single I know, one. It's, it's, it's like uh, who I the can't buy, Yeah. It's like I'm, why why should I just read this bullcrap when it. Every, it, oh, Time magazine, uh, even the Economist looked like bullcrap. Just everything is like, and then forget the 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 like the technology magazines. Ugh. Just yeah. Everything. The only time I sometimes am attracted is to one of the car magazines if they have some really hot car that I've never mm. seen before right. on the cover. I go, oh, that's interesting, and then I'll, and then I, I still don't buy them. <laughs> I get I get closest to the car magazines though in terms of like being suckered into buying them. Right. right. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's the business. I mean, in Europe, in fact, because most unlike the United States, in England in particular, 
In the United States, most of the magazine distribution is through subscriptions. Right. Uh, in your, in England in particular, and I think in most of Europe, most of the magazine uh, circulation is through the newsstand. They don't have as many people that actually get the magazine in the mail as we do here. Right. And it has a lot to do with the post office and a lot of other things. So in England in particular, that's the newsstands I like to study because they have the most aggressive covers because they their whole business is to compete with each other and get you to buy that magazine yeah. much more so than American magazine. So when you were passing through a newsstand in Europe, you should – you know, it's, I, it's, I, funny, actually, it's funny you mention that. There's, I uh, take pictures. I take. Pictures. Yeah, I was reading a, an article. Um, I guess was it this morning that there's there's now a push to get the you know to change the the face of the newsstands in the UK because of the you know we, you have most newspapers or a lot of the newspapers there have still have the page three girl. So you got some some naked chick or semi naked chick on page three. Uh, and they also have the lad mags, as they call them, and that's you know, and that's kind of attracting laddie uh, boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's attracting buyers. No, lad mags is what they call them. Lad mags. Well, in the business, they call them laddie boys. Laddie boys. Laddie boy mags. Laddie boy mags. And and and, and the, that sounds kind of gay. Promoter of the yeah, the chief promoter at the top of this group is Maxim. Right, which is very successful, right? Maxim, isn't that a worldwide super, super success? Uh, they've, yeah. they've licensed yeah, it's, that it's, everywhere? It's, yeah. It's very fun. It's a very humorous product. Why is it that that, that works, but, you know, that women don't buy uh, naked dudes and stuff? Why is that? This reminds me of somebody who said on a radio show once, I'll never forget. They said, you know, it's funny that, that women... Women will wear like jeans and, and they'll wear shorts, but it's weird because men don't wear dresses. Uh, I have a I don't dress. Understand it. I, I don't have a dress. understand why they don't wear dresses. Well, Hold that's on. another story. I have a dress. <laughs> there's there's guys in Austin who wear dresses. Yes, a lot of guys wear dresses these days. You, it's very kind of more like a Scottish dress, but it's a dress nonetheless. I I, I I don't have one, but uh, if I had the legs for it, I would. You wear said it. you had. You just said you had. Have a yeah, dress. no, but I don't have one that I wear outside because I don't have the legs for but it. You just but, wear it around the house. Yeah, I wear a dress at home. Oh my god! I'll send okay, you, I'll send you a picture. I don't want to see a picture of you in a dress. Do you wear makeup at home too? Is that the deal? Uh, what do you mean at home? <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we both have the same dress. We, Mickey and I have <laughs> have like a night dress that we wear around the house. Now, why am I even telling you this? Just, I, I'm wondering myself. This should not be known. <laughs> well, it's too late oh, now. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, let me um, here. I'll give you something. Let me see. I I got some funny clips that I pulled up here. Um, uh, hold on a second. This was, uh, oh yeah, this was is a commercial. Um, I I tweeted at some point. I tweeted something about uh, sysadmins that sysadmins are the only guys you can really trust in an organization because they are truly the only people. When you're typing in a password, they they physically look away. You've noticed this with with good sysadmins, right? Yeah, I've noticed it. Also, every once in a while, uh, when I'm doing my uh, debit card. 
and I'm punching the number, if it doesn't have the protective shield, I, I before I hit the last number, I always look up to see what the other person's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and one person's <laughs> staring at it, and I looked at her, and she looks away sheepishly. <laughs> Okay, well, so sysadmins are the guys that, that really don't give a crap about what you're doing. They just want to make sure everything's running. And you can trust them. You can trust them with pretty much anything. And that's why I, I think tr sysadmins truly, really do run the world. And when push comes to shove, I'm glad they're our friends because they're going to make our show stay on the air somehow. Um, and then someone tweeted and said, yeah, well, please don't blame us for installing Spectre 360. I'm like, Spectre 360, have you heard of this? I'm going to find out now. Your company keeps a lot of valuable data. Customer lists, personnel files, financial reports, confidential documents. And there are a lot of employees with access to that data. So how can you be sure that they're... White guy? Uh, no, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Listen, listen to this. It's a commercial, though. It's, a, it's an animated commercial. I'm sorry I interrupted. They're acting in your best interest. You could go all hard-nosed cop show detective on everyone, but well, that could cause a lot of resentment and grind your company to a halt. Luckily, there's an easy way to monitor employees and guard against insider threats. Introducing Spectre 360, the revolutionary employee monitoring software that alerts you to potential problems, allowing you to take immediate action. I just love the whole, the revolutionary employee monitoring software. Oh, what does it do? Spectre 360 is like an augmented security camera that records employee activity, proactively searching across company computers, servers, and mobile devices, so you can zero right in and replay the suspicious behavior. <laughs> so if an employee copies a sensitive file onto a USB drive, uploads a client list to the cloud, or visits inappropriate websites, you'll be notified in no time with a comprehensive report detailing exactly what happened. There are no hours spent looking through backups or data logs. Spectre 360 puts you in front of the problem, whether it's fraud, productivity, even harassment, so you can deal with it immediately, minimizing any impact and improving your organization's efficiency. So stop looking for that needle in a haystack. Go to Spectre360.com for a free trial and see the whole picture today. Shut up, slave! I love the productivity part they slipped in there. Yeah, well, you know, this is nothing new, this type of software. I remember first hearing about it in the, probably the late 80s mm -hmm. uh, when networks were becoming very popular in organizations. And there was a guy who was doing a radio show, and this guy came on discussing this and how, you know, you can keep people off of uh, the Internet, you know, doing crazy Actually, things. Actually, there was keep them off the Internet altogether. Remember that? We had companies where you weren't allowed on the Internet. <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> this is bad. So, this is, so what apparently this these guys are doing is a keylogger, mm -hmm. which is like disgusting. I think it's more uh, than that. I think it's the way I when I look at the commercial, it's not. It's a screen recorder. It's not just a keylogger. It's recording everything that is going on. It's like a screen capture. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're taking a movie like you know. I think yeah. Lotus used to have a movie maker that you could buy and, it, and essentially would turn the screen into a. The camera and everything yeah. that went on was yeah. recorded just step by step, and then you can go back and look at it. Now, this seems like the way to defeat this, of course, is to just do so much stuff and so many tabs and so fast and so many different ways that you'd overload the thing. I don't see this thing actually being performing as well as it. I don't know. I think there's no reason for this sort of thing in a company. Well, apparently it's very successful.
Well, that's why people just do more stuff on their phones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean the phone I mean you watch the kids the kids nowadays they uh <laughs> hey, have got their i they got their iPhones and they're surfing the web and they're doing everything you normally be doing on a desktop and they'll instead of going on the desktop or even a laptop they'll just do it on the phone and you could do that at work and in fact most workplaces nowadays have people standing outside talking on their own personal cell phones mm-hmm. uh, to their buddies and wasting company time and doing mm-hmm. all the rest of that and they could might as well be surfing the web and looking at porn on the phone so yeah. this is not going to be effective for anything that's important you want to harass somebody go do it on your phone yeah by the way i so still pointless. I, I pointless i still have not used the phone I still have not used my slave. phone. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Sorry. I've I've uh, I've been using the iPod Touch, even here in uh, in in Europe. Still have not turned the phone on. Oh yeah, well you in the phone. Yeah. Well, that's why you didn't get my text message. No, I, you didn't send a text message. You you you. Aha! How would you know that not using the phone? Because I use a forwarding system that will give me a notification if you sent me a text message but i do not receive it on my phone as a text message uh-huh all right that's what you say anyway right. so uh yeah it's a funny so these guys are being forced to put this uh this stinks yeah by the way sys admins a lot of them wear dresses right kilts i should say maybe it's more like a kilt and it's a good look. It stinks. I th- no. I think if you got the legs and you got the boots, a lot of guys. If you got the yeah, if you got great, gorgeous legs and shave them, <laughs> no, you'd be looking good. No, no, no. You don't want to shave the legs. That's not a good look with the kilt. No, you want to have like hairy, stocky legs. I have no calves. That's my problem. So it, it looks. It's like, hey, what's this guy with the Barbie legs? It's it's not a good look. It's not. All right. Well, you just don't understand. All right, what else we got here? A lot of, the, short, a lot of the, the, you know, these kind of Bermuda shorts, these guys, these baggy, baggy old shorts, they look mm-hmm. like a skirt. Yeah. Brad, Very funny, uh, fat guy. Brad Thor, uh, this is uh, another author. Brad Thor, uh, I think he's he, he's kind of like, uh, uh, what's the guy, uh, Clancy? Is it Tom, Tom, Clancy. Tom Clancy? This is kind of like a Clancy-like guy. And he's, he was being interviewed about his most recent book, which uh, I, have, I have two quick clips here. He mentions the name of it in the, in the second clip. But he was being interviewed, and he, what are you banging me for? I did. I, 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 it was a mistake. Okay. It was an accidental ding. Okay. Um, he was being interviewed on some show. Um, it was probably like a CBS or ABC. It wasn't the, the Good Morning America, but it was one of these douchebag shows. And he says something that just kind of, he, 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 he slips out there kind of, we've known about it, but I never knew the actual code name for this, uh, this program uh, that apparently a lot of writers were slept into after 9-11. And why is this not starting? Uh, hello? Why are, we not, why are we not working here? For about uh, great segue, yes. Ryan. Trying to get to the book. The books now. Trying to get to the book. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, you, you wrote a, another another thriller, and you're part of Homeland Security's Red Cell program. Tell us about that and how that uh, factors into what you write about. 
after 9-11, the Department of Homeland Security invited creative thinkers in from outside D.C. to help them figure out, help them plot what the next terrorist attack might look like. So what ah. they said is they said, will you come in and apply your creativity to national security the way you do your books? And so I call it the Las Vegas of government programs because what happens in the Red Cell stays in the Red Cell. I can't use it for my books. Hmm. And you, it seems like How about that, huh? The Red Cell? The Red Cell program where they asked creative people to use their creative thinking. And he doesn't, dream even, up the yeah, he doesn't even say to come up with scenarios that terrorists might use. No, it's basically just dream some crap up that, you know, I don't know, like, how about this? How about a, a bombing at the marathon? I mean, this is disgusting. Red Cell program. Here's um, here's uh, a little bit more from this uh, this Brad Thor guy. And, wow. and you call your books faction. I do. What does that mean? Uh, faction. Last book. Now listen. Now listen to what he says. This is really important because yeah, he, remember his wait. his job is to dream up scenarios and dream up stories for the Department of Homeland Security and whoever else is in our security apparatus. Book, for instance, Blacklist was all about the NSA and the explosion of surveillance technology. I shouldn't say. I I don't write textbooks, I write beach reads, Ludlum, Clancy. And when I toured for that book, I said the next big thing we'll talk about in the public square is the NSA and the total surveillance state. This book here, I believe, is the next next thing we'll be talking about in the public square. So the faction is I'm taking real life things that I kind of see coming over the horizon, applying that creativity like I do for DHS, and putting those into novel form. So you can't can you believe this? Applying the creativity that I do for DHS? I mean, are you kidding me? What is going on here? So two wow. years, so two years ago, this guy writes about the NSA, and that's going to be you know he has this which I haven't read any of his books, nor will I ever. And so he and this is now of course everyone's talking about the NSA. So now he has this new book, which he believes is the next new new thing. What could it be about, John? Because I have the answer, of course, but I'd love to hear your guess. The next thing would uh, I don't know, dirty bombs. Uh... Uh, another or, or th people relaxing our, our vigilance and then bad thing happen uh, a bomb going into Syria uh, having a battle with Russia I don't know <laughs> nope no, I'm so sorry. All of that is wrong. Have a great beach read, but when you close it, you're smarter for having read the book. And yeah. this is about the Federal Reserve, right? Right. Federal Reserve, which is about as federal as Federal Express. Oh, oh. Uh, there's a lot of wacky conspiracy oh, oh, theories about oh, the Fed, oh. but the true history of the Fed is fascinating. It's like it's been ripped out of a spy novel, and I said, I want to weave the Fed into my next thriller, and that's what I did with Hidden Order. Yeah. All right. So the Federal Reserve, that will be uh, the next big thing yeah, we'll that, all be talking that'll about. That'll make him a target for someone. Well, I don't know. He's a part of the Red Cell program, man. He's, this guy may be protected. Who knows? Well. Let's take a look at him. Well, he looks like a college fraternity guy. Yeah, he does look kind of slick, doesn't he? Kind of Born douchey. 69, so very douchey looking. Yeah. yeah. Uh author of Alliance of Lucerne, Path of Assassin, State of the Union, Blowback, Takedown. First, he cranks out a lot of books. But for him to, you know, for him, well, of course, because this he's a part of the Red Cell. Pro, and why would they even call it Red Cell? These are things that I lie, at night, I, I lie awake and think about this. Why do they have this douchebag? That, and, and how do they get, they, who comes up with the idea it's like okay, let's let's call these guys, and I mean, come on, 
How stupid do we have to be to see what's going on here? Red Cell, German U.S. government parlance for teams that test the effectiveness of tactics. Hmm. There's also an NCIS episode in, in, uh, titled Red Cell. Wait a that minute. Be- that's not allowed because what's, what the, he said that's not allowed. You're not allowed to take uh, your, your writing for the Red Cell and use it in your own work. So someone violated. Not necessarily. They may not have been a member. They may have a friend who's a member and they wrote a story about it. Not true. Being well, irked by the whole thing. Well, Here, red, red teams or red cells of United States government parlance for the National Security Coordination Team and SCT. These teams or units are designed to test the effectiveness of American tactics or personnel. Red Cell was purported to be a U.S. Navy SEAL team composed mainly of members of SEAL Team 6, otherwise known as OP-06D, which has been organized to attempt to infiltrate or otherwise test the security of U.S. military bases and other installations sensitive to U.S. security interests. The original Red Cell group was led by a former commander of SEAL Team 6, DevGru, Richard Marcinko, until he was relieved and charged with various offenses, including misappropriation of funds. <laughs> Red Team is also a term for opposing force, op for in a war game by Western nations during the Cold War. It goes on. This, this is a different, this is, the term has been co-opted by the Department of Homeland Security, from what I can tell. Hmm. Anyway, they're very mm. good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let's take a little break here. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. In the morning. It's really weird. It's like 10 to 8 in the evening. Uh, it, it feels... You yeah, know, well, your, your timing has to be horrible. I'm, uh, you, you seem to be rolling along. It's the drugs, man. Okay. It's the drugs. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Start with $111, $110 from London. Again, another Londoner, anonymous. Can you please not read my yeah, yeah? Uh, give me some good karma. It's been a very difficult summer and just a bad day. Want to start a new one with a good deed, my donation to the show. The show oh. is great. Oh, well, we'll do some karma for that anytime. Absolutely. You've got karma. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, to John Catalano and a hundred dollars in House Springs, Missouri. Uh, Colin Wilson, ninety nine ninety nine from Rosanna, Victoria, Australia. They should give him a niner thing. Uh, okay, hold on a second. It's not. It's not all that easy. Uh, yeah, apparently. Uh, hold on, hold on. Where's the Where's the niner? All right, niner thing. I was already trying. Nine, to- nine, 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 nine. I'm still trying to get the sixty nine er thing going. <laughs> Frank. Frank Pugh, 75 bucks from Tallahassee, Florida, thinks our shows are great. We've been hitting the home run left and right. He uh, did, uh, he says, I realize I live at the perfect trifecta of success. Sadly, when I self-identified, I was surprised it does not even get me free coffee. Oh, well. Uh, Andre Schmid. 69, and- 69, dude. Yay! We had a slew of 69s again, so oh. it's gone from almost dead to way up. Um, Schmidt's in Lausanne, Switzerland. That's kind of cool. Uh, he's uh, got a birthday call out coming for uh, one of his people. Brian Brown in Orange, California. Uh, he says, raining. Peter Marks in Farallon, New Jersey. May swells enough never die. Sam Leung, or Leung, in Toronto. Sir uh, who Sam. keeps coming in with six. 
Sir Sam, Sir Sam and Sir Michael Miller in Tiburon, who comes in with another uh, 6969. Paul Gabrielson in Arroyo, Gran, Arroyo Grande, 6969. Jeff Dickens, 6969 from Winnipeg, Manitoba, who is a longtime boner, first-time donor. Appreciates the hard work. That's uh, That was Jeff Dickens. Juan Francisco Lara Mija in Miami, Florida. Uh, he's actually from the Dominican Republic, apparently. Which we just need more Dominican Republic guys listening. Michael Stadujar, Stadujar in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Charles Weitenheimer in Tucson, Arizona. And finally, Sir David Baker uh, in Groningen. Groningen. <laughs> Groningen. Which I thought was Groningen. Groaning again. <laughs> He's from Groaning Again, Groaning Netherlands. Again. 69! 69, dudes! <laughs> that's, the north, that's the northern part of the Netherlands, also known as the backup for Scandinavia. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Fawn Fletcher, 6413 in Espyville, Pennsylvania. That's where they give the Espies out. Edward Herrera in Davenport, Iowa, 6069. Mr. Max Powers in Redding, California, 5555. Stephen Stephan or Stephan Nelson, 5510, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Lon Baker, Emeryville, California, over here, 5510, right down the street from me. Fawn Fletcher, again, 5413 in Espyville. Uh, she says thanks for the show. I guess he's, he's crossed somehow these two donations from her. Eric Schmidt. In Frankfurt, Deutschland, uh, Baron Jeffrey Gerlach in Lincoln, California, and he's a Baron, so he wants job karma. We have to give it to him. You've got karma. Job karma right there for you, Baron. Uh, McLean, Cuba, Missouri, Charles Eves, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 50 each, uh, 5002 for the Cuban, 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 Missouri. Uh, Keith Brown, 50, Scott Fuller, 50, from Spring, Texas, and Cumming, Georgia. And finally, he's with 50, John Bollard in Byron, New York, Nahel Saeed, Saeed, Nashville, Tennessee. Eric Veet in Dublin, California, that's down the street from me. Robert Kruger, Aliso Viejo, California. Lawrence, Lawrence Franchek in Las Duages, Nevada. Santiago Gomez in Edmonton, Alberta, just north of Calgary. Dan Greb, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Mark and Beverly Tanner in Whittier. Uh, and they, they, they came in as a check. They're very, uh, and I think they sent a note. Mary Mesner in Fair Oaks. I do have a note from Mary, which I want to. Fair Oaks, California? Fair Oaks. Yeah. yeah, I believe mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. She, oh, yeah, I don't we have this. You have to get your pen out again. Oh, oh okay. Because uh, Eric, I sent it to him, but he didn't put this one down. He needs a birthday call out for her. Oh, no, wait, he does have it on the list, I'll bet. I did I did see it on the list, just not highlighted in yet. Um, I'm a fairly new listener. My son Matthew has been listening for over a year and punched me in the mouth. I started <laughs> listening back in January, and I've been telling others about our po- about your podcast. It is him who encouraged me to follow the show. I do feel I get value for di- value for my dollars by supporting the show. 
She says, she also says, thank you for providing informative and thought-provoking insights along with humor that keeps it from being dry and boring like everybody else's podcast. <laughs> You're doing an invaluable service, what? I just thought that it's because I, it's, here's why I'm laughing. I, I, I loaded up my iPod Touch with four podcasts to listen to on the plane. They're dry and boring. I can't help it. It's like, oh, it's like I listen to, oh, I listen to that one. Oh, I listen to that one. Yeah, she's right. They're dry and boring. Yeah, it's just it's a fact. Yeah, they're dry and boring, and and the ones that are trying to be just funny all the time, yeah. they're just annoying. They're annoying. They're just they they miss stuff and they don't. I don't know. I I this I hate to say this, I, but I don't really hate to say it. But I'm going to say it. this is the best podcast out there. It's the best podcast in the universe. It's unbelievably good, hands down. And uh, and, that, and and we we bring it to you from anywhere in the universe, anywhere in the yeah, world. Yeah, we have this guy in Amsterdam, Adam Curry, yeah. who's in some hovel in an Airbnb in the ghetto, <laughs> just above a massage parlor. He has to hear moaning and groaning all night, and it's and, hot and it's very warm. And it's hot and muggy and stinks. It stinks. <laughs> I do stink. <laughs> so anyway, that's our donors for show uh, three. What is it? Five. Five. That's, that's our show, people. We're so great. 532. And I want to thank them and remind people that we do have a couple of shows coming up that we're going to need some help on. And so, uh, Dvorak.org slash NA. That's right. Here it Dvorak. is. Dvorak.org slash NA. Quite a list today. We have Baron Jeffrey Gerlock saying happy birthday to Sir William Mason Gerlock. Uh, turns, wow, 21 on, uh, well, turned 21 on the 19th. Mom Mary just talked about her. Says happy birthday to Matthew Messer. Uh, 17 on Thursday, the 25th. Roberto Bertrand says happy birthday to his fiancée, Libby. It was her birthday yesterday. Andre Schmidt. Uh, says happy birthday to his brother Jean-Claude, turning 29 today. Peter Marks congratulates himself with his birthday. And Sir David Bucker, or Baker, I would say Bucker, is 33 today. Happy birthday from all your friends here at the best podcast in the universe. And we have uh, two, count them, two nightings to do. Hold on, let me get... Uh, I get everything all situated here, which uh, includes... I brought this along with me. Whoops. Did you bring your... Do you have your sword? How did you get that through TSA? Yeah, it wasn't easy, I'll tell you. Value card holder, step forward, along with Joseph Sukber. Both of you today have come through with your full completion of knighthoods, which means rings are on the way. We still have a couple, and we really appreciate your donation to the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. And thereby, I hereby pronounce thee... Sir Valiant Carholder and Sir Joseph Sukber, Knights of the Noah Dinner Roundtable for you. We've got uh, hookers and blow, rent boys and Chardonnay, and a whole bunch of other stuff, including mutton and mead. I can't read. <laughs> I have to admit it. I can't read today. Yeah. Me for some unknown reason. So uh, good news. Uh, you know, the, the, if you study culture, there's a lot of uh, stuff that is culturally uh, created and, and developed in the California culture, the New York in is fact, cultural we, uh, center. We have a, I think we have a jingle for it. What is wrong? Uh, oops. Something's... Oh, God. Here it is. 
We have a jingle for it, for whatever you're going to talk about. Culture creation. Culture creation. Culture creationism. Culture creationism. There you go. Culture creationism. Wow. Pretty good. I've huh? never heard that jingle before. Yeah, it's a little, it took a while to hear it, but it was good. Yeah. So, uh,. So the uh, the thing and then Los Angeles, not San Francisco. It, I mean, San Francisco does have its moments, I think, in the '60s. But generally speaking, most of the culture is created in Southern California. And uh, so now we have a thing happening. And that first, I want you to play the. This is the pot smoking moms, and to start with the package, and then we'll go on to the pot smoking moms themselves. Uh, oh, so which one do I? Uh, oh, package. pot smoking yep. moms yep. package. Okay, hold on one second. I am there for you now. Secret pick me up for some Beverly Hills moms. They say it's marijuana, hmm. and that that is new, the mommy's new helper. It makes them better wives. They say better mothers. It's all legal <laughs> medical. Stop right there. Totally agree. <laughs> Makes them better mothers and better wives. In California, with marijuana purchased at dispensaries with a prescription, but it's giving new meaning to the term potluck party. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> On a recent evening at a home in Beverly Hills, a few moms gathered to enjoy food, friendship, and a few laughs. They do garnish incredibly well. Yes. But this was no ordinary potluck party. Vaporizer time. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club, a place where marijuana moms congregate to take a break from the stress of family life. So this is um, strawberry pop. Your hostess, the self-proclaimed Martha Stewart of marijuana, Cheryl Schumann. Cannabis not only made me a better mom, Cannabis made me a better human being. <laughs> Cannabis made you a better mom? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> there's a reality show in here, right? Tell me there's a reality show. Uh, well, they, no, there's not yet. But, it, but this, this messaging is, is dynamite, and it's got to be just galling the DEA and all these other people because this is like – you, we're in, we're not in a dump. We're not in somebody's basement. We're not at a kid. You we're know, in Beverly Hills. No, Beverly Hills. We're in Hills, Beverly Hills in right. a beautiful house, and there's a bunch of, and all the women are gorgeous, and the, the and their daughters are there, and they're all smoking from these big this big translucent bag. I don't even know what they're hell they're oh, doing. Oh, they're and doing. This, <laughs> yeah, big they're, they're, vapor, they're vaporizing, vaporizing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. So they have anyway. They all have this thing. They're passing it around. And they're all and they're pleasant. They're not. Hey, man. Oh man, I'm toast. I'm wasted. There's none of that. They all seem like it doesn't do it. It seems like it's ineffective. But they're they're all happy or they're smiling. And the second, I want to play the second part. But before we do that, I want to mention something for people out there who, at some point, this is going to become a. You know, a big deal because there's going to be a lot because the show began and I think this may have been a package put together because drug companies aren't advertising enough on Good Morning America because it started off with a slam against oh, Prozac right. and some others. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you're not advertising enough. Hey, if you guys don't advertise, we're going to start advertising the free stuff. Exactly. So I think there may be an element of that, but I do want to mention some just a side note. The woman who is the Martha Stewart of dope, she is <laughs> producing a bunch of food for these people and garnishing it with marijuana leaves. Mm. And I want to remind people that uh, marijuana should not be eaten raw under any circumstances. Uh, it has to be cooked because it has these little – my next-door neighbor, a neurologist, gave me this lecture. They have these little hooks, these very microscopic hooks that – that when it goes through the the digestive system, it latches on to like 
the intestinal walls and hangs there for a while, giving you all kinds of cramps and other e- problems. You do not ever eat marijuana, okay? An- just a little- another fun-filled tip from the from No the Agenda, Agenda show. show. <laughs> so these women, again, that this, this leaf garnish is not a good idea, so uh-huh. she's an idiot. Okay. So let's play the, the the moms talking about this and how cool it is. Are they baked? These moms are they when they're talking here? That's like, the joke of it. They're not. They're oh, not like. Uh, they're listen. just kind of happy. Oh. One day I was at my therapist's office and I told him I said, "Please help me get my life back." And he said, "You need to smoke a joint." So I took a, a hit off of it. I was smiling and happy, and I was like, "This is really great." But <coughs> critics might say, "Yes, you are high." I was definitely medicated, but I will tell you that I felt better having two puffs of cannabis at that time than I had ever had any kind of results with pharmaceuticals. Cheryl's daughter Amy agrees. I felt like my mom was checked out on prescription pills. It was like living with a zombie, but when she would smoke, she was smiling. She was connecting with us. It felt like we had our mom back. Medical marijuana is now legal in 18 states, but parenting and pot? Still taboo. You know, though, there are people out there thinking, mothers who smoke pot are bad moms. I'm going to tell it from the point of view of my 10-year-old child. When I'm in pain, I'm in bed for days. I don't talk. I'm miserable. My son will come up to me and say, Mom, it's time to medicate. That's what I mean. He means go get some cannabis come back to us that's what i tell you if your 10 year old child is okay with it i think adults should be okay with it it's a controversial story but you know there was a headline recently that more women in america are dying of prescription drug overdose than anything else and than anyone else so these moms maintain that marijuana used uh responsibly is a safer alternative. Although we should point out bought with a prescription yeah in california well and and many of them aren't so wow That was Good Morning America? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh... That, that's slamming them. That's This is the kind surprising. of aggressive... This is the way publishers are supposed to operate. Not that I'm saying that this is what you do, and it's, that it's ethical, but this is... There's two ways things can go down in publishing, and I would include the broadcasting industry. Yeah. One, the advertisers push you around. Right. Two... You push the advertisers around. Yeah, and that's certainly and that working serves, here. That serves the audience better. So they are shoving it up the butts of these guys who apparently are not advertising enough and, and, and at the same time creating this very interesting meme. And I think the other takeaway from this that I got was that the con- constant use by the women, the moms, the Beverly Hill stoners, yeah. was, is the word cannabis. Ah, instead of, instead of yeah, instead of marijuana, or right? Cannabis, or, right, right, or right. shit, or Mary Jane, or anything. <laughs> weed. They co- weed. They don't call it any of that. They call it cannabis, and I think that's a very interesting change because that has a legitimate sound to it that doesn't make you sound like a doper. No, so I, this is a in big fact, deal. I, I, th- I think you need to write that down. I think that belongs in the red book. I think that's a very good catch, and uh, and you need, but we need to uh, specify. That you also have to pronounce it a little elitist. It has to be cannabis. <laughs> cannabis. It can't just be cannabis. It has to be cannabis. Cannabis. And I think we'll. I think this is a good catch, John. I, I'm down with that. But it could also, it could also be a lead-in 
to uh, to um, uh, synthetically produced cannabis, which will which we've been waiting for this to come onto the market. It could be a very elaborate lead into that. It's possible, but I, the way they were slamming the pharmaceutical companies in that piece, yeah, I don't think true. this particular right. piece had anything to do with that. I think right. that that would be a separate. Uh, Promotion and or, or how about uh, the word hemp? Well, do you think that'll be used, or is it just really cannabis? Cannabis is. I just think a, hemp is going to. I think they're going to separate the two because hemp is now showing up. I just bought, as a matter of fact, some hemp. Uh, no, I but I bought some hemp fudge fudge sickles. <laughs> yeah, so I'm at the I'm at this grocery outlet, or as we call it locally, gross out, uh, which I like to shop at because they have all these experiments. And, and, you know, things that they tried to market, they couldn't, so they all it all goes through the system. And it comes over, it ends up a gross out, and you go buy the stuff. They say, oh, that's an interesting test, and no wonder nobody wanted it. Well, one of the things they have right now in the ice cream section are uh, hemp bars. And so it, by the way, they're absolutely fantastic. And with yeah. the hemp, and so they have two of them, and the one of them is the fudgesicle. So the hemp fudgesicle. Is is and it's gotten it's made with no zero milk and no soy milk or any of these other things. It's made with hemp milk. Hmm. I don't know what hemp milk is, but apparently you can make a, a milky substance by whipping up hemp around into right. a. But it's it's just uh, it, 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 it's just protein, right? There's, I mean, there's there's no yeah, yeah. there's nothing else in there. You know, hemp. Right. Hemp, the marijuana plant. Uh, I'm sorry, the cannabis plant is a. Uh, it's a fantastic plant. It's magical. Uh, you can you can build all kinds of stuff out of it. It burns hotter than coal. You can eat it. You can. There's a million things you can do with it, which is obviously why it's illegal. It's not just and because it can, of the you can smoking. make rope from it. Yeah, you can make paper from it. You can make fabric from it. You can you know and, and the, the, depending on the uh, the breeding of the plant, I mean the rope hemp usually is, doesn't have enough THC to do anything, but essentially there's all these these things you can do. Uh, with with the product that it's yeah. just it has to you know it's amazing that they they made it illegal the Hearst Corporation had something to do with that because they own a bunch of forests and they didn't want hemp paper. well that that's the story I, that's the story I always uh, learned is that it was because of the um, uh, the Hearst uh, Hearst owned all of the 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 trees that were you know the paper mills but people were able to, were figuring out they could make paper a lot more effectively with hemp and it would be a lot cheaper and by the way it's called a weed for a reason because you can just you basically just throw that into some some mud and it grows it's a very easy plant to maintain yeah so uh, I think this this was a very simple piece that. It, because it's from the culture capital, it's Beverly Hills, it's yeah. got the women, it's women-oriented, not men. There wasn't a guy in the place. Huh. It's all women, and they're all. And the mom is back from being medicated and an idiot, and she couldn't get out of the bed and all the rest. I mean, <laughs> this is messaging was like just jaw-dropping. Yeah, I like it. So expect like to see it. more of the same. Yeah, I like it. Well, we'll see. Either that or we'll get a whole bunch of new uh, new products. Uh, of course, it is also oh. summertime. The, you know, advertising is low anyway. You know, I don't know. It's not really time. I think everyone's loaded up on their prescription. You know, they're off on holiday. They're all popping the pills. But it's possible. I I, I think the, the. I hope you wrote it down. I think keeping up the whole. Yeah, yeah, I got that. I got the, the, thing. the cannabis vibe is. Yeah, I think that, that's a that's a good point. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised that was on ABC. 
Yeah. Can you imagine? Maybe yeah. we have Diane Sawyer smoking a joint on on ABC. Like eh, eh. she could do. <laughs> she would I be think be- she'd be she'd be a better stoner. <laughs> hey, wow, man! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Oh. Woo! Uh, we won't be able to use our I, our jingle though. My <laughs> head's spinning, man. Well, we'll need to we'll get that. We'll stuff. need a new jingle. Drunk again. <laughs> Drinking again. I love me some drunk Diane Sawyer. Stone would be even better. I agree. So I'm watching that you did the, the news hour or whatever, you know, that that drama about, you know, this liberal news thing, whatever, this news show. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's a band. It's what people talk about it's called newsroom or news hour. It's a oh. it's a drama. Oh no no you mean uh, uh, new, uh, on HBO the uh, yeah yeah with uh, yeah the, the, where they pretend that they that the news is real. Yeah, and then they also rewrite history. <laughs> <They're, plot laughs> it's the Sorkin thing. Yeah yeah Sorkin. Yeah, yeah no we so we, I'm watching. We saw one episode before we left, and uh, it was kind of like the it was the 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 season opener. And it was, I was like, whatever. No, it's terrible. Yeah. But but I saw, I've got this little clip. That is a, the clip is called Oklahoma Slam. And so I'm watching the show, and they're talking about, they had, they had, there's two shows that compete within the structure of the drama. Right. And the, one of the shows has got different guys from the other show, and it's, it's bull crap. But this one show, they got a woman going on about all the stupidity. You know, Americans don't know there's a moon. You know, they can't identify. Illinois on a map, they they can't find the Middle East on a globe and that kind of thing. And so they're rattling this off, there's some of these details, and I don't have just a short clip. And then out of the blue, because they're, they're doing it from the perspective of, a, of one of the producers watching the woman yak about this, and then he makes a gratuitous slam, and I'm just thinking, what, what, who woke up on the wrong side of the bed about this? In which the Civil War was fought. One in four thought Columbus discovered the New World sometime after 1750, and if the Bill of Rights were abolished, a third of high school students wouldn't be able to name a right they'd just lost. Things get worse in Oklahoma. Where they almost always do. <laughs> I don't know. What's that about? She says things get worse, worse in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And, he, and then he goes. And they, and they just, slip that in. Now they just slip that in. It's like I think that's an inside producer joke or something. Had well, this is a slam. Yeah. But this it, is an insult to all you Oklahomans out there. Give yeah. to the No Agenda show. That's, you know, the, the first, I watched the first season of that show. It's called, is it called Newsroom? Is that what it's called? Seriously? Yeah, I think it's I Newsroom. Think so, or News something. Yeah, With, newsroom. Uh, what's his name? Uh, not Je- Jeff Daniels? No. What's Yeah, uh, Daniels. Daniels? Is yeah. that his name? Yeah. yeah we're getting there. You know, Ladies, I, I watched that gentlemen. show, I watched that show with Mickey, and also, here, here's how it goes. We're watching the show, and then Mickey goes, nipples. I'm like, what? She says, nipples. Apparently, the producer chick, whatever her name is, the British chick, yeah. she, 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 like, her nipples are showing the whole show. And I keep missing okay. it. Oh, huh. Yeah. Apparently, so did you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice. All right. I got a... It's uh, like, you know, women, women see a lot of things that are weird. Yeah. Uh, women will, if there's a guy... Mimi has pointed this out to me a couple of times. I'm driving along, you know, I'm, and she says, look at that guy. He's got his dick hanging out. <laughs> where, and I said, what? Where is this? Where are you driving? Is this we're, Washington we're in San State? Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> we, this is the last time it happened. It was a few years ago. It's not, it's not that common. But it, I'm driving along, 
and we're uh, we're going up uh, the hill to get on the freeway, you know, where you used to have a place. And there's a the seafarers union, and there's a guy standing out in front of the place. Oh, I know. it's on the with, corner of uh, where I used to live yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy's, the guy's standing there with his dick hanging out, and she spots it immediately. Uh-huh. And she's like, guy's got his dick out. <laughs> and so I look over. I said, what are you talking about? I look and look and look, and I couldn't even see it. I don't, I don't know why I was looking at his heads or something. And I see the guy with his dong hanging out. I said, oh, <laughs> that's weird. And I'm reminded of a time that I was Me- meanwhile, what, meanwhile, when you're walking around on the house with your dick hanging out, you can't get any attention. Exactly. So I'm, I am uh, with the group of PC Magazine, and one of the PR girls – uh, we're at a, in, a, in a car park at some hotel, and one of the PR women says, "Look at that guy! He's playing with himself." <laughs> and I, the guys are all, we're, "What? What? What?" <laughs> what? She says, "Look, that guy over there, that guy in the bin." She pointed him out, and you could, I, I would have never seen this in a million years. Women spot this stuff a mile away. The guy's got both hands in his pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and he's obviously playing with himself. If you nice. took a good look. Excellent. Good work. And, and so congratulations, ladies. Yes. It's something about the ladies. They, Nipples. They, <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and I, I, stopped the, I stopped the thing. I rewind it back. I said, what are you talking? And lo and behold, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow the story. You know, <laughs> Nipples. What? What? And now, now it's become a thing where I watch the show. I'm like, where are the nipples? I can't follow it. I don't know. Well, anyway, there you go. Here we are, two dudes talking about chicks and what they see. How sad are we? Happens. Uh, At least we're not talking about comic books. <laughs> yeah. It's an inside joke. Yeah, that's, so go on. that's pretty inside. Well, I was going to uh, I was gonna throw this one at you. Here we go. Uh Adam's gonna read his email on the No Agenda Show. Hey! Crackpot, the show Marvel Superhero Squad, owned by Disney and geared for four to eight-year-olds, is a kiddie take on the Marvel superheroes. I've seen many episodes and it never takes anything seriously, but in season one, episode 22, Flatman, a very boring superhero has a special message for the kids. Now, remember, this is a Disney show, and this is from uh, our producer, Matt, uh, who caught this and was kind enough to clip this. Velociraptor legs! Yeah! Yeah! Um, Flatman, we'd better get to higher ground. Nonsense. The waters won't get any higher. I refuse to believe that global warming could possibly... Sheesh! I've heard of the head in the sand approach. This is more like head under the water. Wreck your sword, Jim. Okay, so could you hear that? Because the volume's a little bit low. I could hear something about some some effete creep saying global warming's bogus. Right, and then the kids go nuts on him. Right. So here's a, so so essentially we have the superhero Flat Man, who of course you know that means he's like Flat Earth Man, I guess. And so he's against global warming, and here he is again with these kids. Uh, and this is just unbelievable slave training. Hold on, let me see if I can up this volume a little bit. I'm sorry, I, uh, I'm not at the uh, normal station here. So uh, can I do this with some output? Yeah. Hold on, let's see if this works. Hello, I'm Dr. Valventura. 
also known as Flatman. Welcome to the conference on global warming. My assistant reptile isn't a super genius like me, so please forgive him if he says anything silly. Let's begin. Mr. Sun, as seen here, has gotten angry with poor Mrs. Earth and has decided to turn up the heat. Uh, wait, Flatman. Global warming is about greenhouse gases. You know, pollution that comes from our cars and factories. It traps the heat from the sun. You're welcome to your opinion, but you're wrong. Look at my powerful drawings. Mr. Sun is so mean. Grrr. Wait a micro Tesla. Why would you put a self-destruct button on this machine? Can you believe that? Wow, that's a great catch. And, uh, yeah, sorry about the uh, the levels, but I, I think uh, on the recording and on the live stream, people are able to hear it. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. So they're, they're essentially taking Mr. Flatman, the superhero, and he's propagating the, oh, the sun is so angry with the earth. But then, you know, it's like, no, you're wrong and you're bad. That's bad for you to say that because it's greenhouse gases. I'm like, wow, this is a propaganda for chill, for little slavelets. Yeah, and, yeah that's you know, exactly what it is. There's no denying it. Yeah, well, in fact, the science is in. And, you know, and, and regardless of what anyone's opinion is, I, I think it's it's really not okay for for either any type of messaging really like this in in children's programming from Disney. It's some producer, you know, with a hair up his ass. You know, it's a, probably a, you know, the, I know the type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do know the type. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's disgusting. Well, so I got an interesting little thing I thought was good. Okay. Um, what you got? This uh, we, an ex senator from uh, New Hampshire who I think was was a, and who's a Republican of all things was I believe uh, rousted by some of the right wing people. But this is a this I I don't have him reading the note, but I have that guy on Democracy Now who's a, who takes over when Amy Goodman that the guy with the funny looking mustache mm-hmm. when Amy Goodman's not around reading the guy's letter and just and this I think is very cool. Uh, I don't know what to play here. It is Humphreys sends not, but it should be note. Oh, okay. That's why I was confused. Okay, here we go. And uh, former two-term Republican Senator Gordon Humphrey of New Hampshire, who emailed Edward Snowden on Monday, and he wrote in part, quote, Mr. Snowden, provided you have not leaked information that would put in harm's way any intelligence agent, I believe you have done the right thing in exposing what I regard as massive violation of the United States Constitution. Having served in the United States state senate for 12 years as a member of the foreign relations committee the armed services committee and the judiciary committee i think i have a good grounding to reach my conclusion i wish you well in your efforts to secure asylum and encourage you to persevere Uh (laughs) okay i just thought this guy of course he's a republican kind of i guess an old-fashioned republican who cares about these sorts of things and nobody everybody else is calling this guy a traitor and a dipshit and a you know, because we have our own theories, which are alien to everything else. But it's be, but the real point is, is that the way people react to him is is worth studying. And it's just like one guy, just one lone guy, you know, ex senator with good creds. Yeah, it's not like a slouch. <clears throat> yeah, 
says this is this is ridiculous, and, and and it brings up the point. I'm sure there's a bunch of ex-politicians and other people that are just saying, why isn't everybody reacting like this? Well, meanwhile, we have uh, the Bradley Manning trial going on, which is uh, is getting, I think, very little attention, is from what I can tell, or it's sporadic at best. Of course, yeah, they're trying to submerge that thing, well, and they're also trying. Yeah, go on. Well, well, I mean, the, 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 so the whole idea here is is to find a way to justify calling a whistleblower or anyone who, essentially anyone who does anything uh, that is not on board with the program to classify you as a traitor. And a traitor, of course, means you would be uh, aiding and aiding, abetting, and is it not comforting, I think? Is it comforting the enemy? Is it aiding, abetting, yeah, and comforting? Yeah, aiding and abetting, yeah. Right, but I think comforting is also a part of it. Not that that's relevant to this Could clip, be. but the way they are now classifying Bradley Manning, who uh, leaked documents to WikiLeaks, who, of course, WikiLeaks didn't actually publish it immediately. They sent it off to the New York Times and the Guardian and Built and all these other yeah, mainstream publications. Yeah, you know, but here's how they're going to get this guy and lock him up. Judge Lynn says that Manning's uh, training made him aware of the fact that terrorist organizations use the Internet. Therefore, he should have Ooh. known that the 700,000 military and diplomatic documents that he leaked could end up in the hands of America's enemies one day. So, <laughs> in other words, if you, do, if you say anything on the Internet, you know, terrorists use the Internet, and therefore you are aiding the enemy. Yes, well, this is a lot of people believe, and I'm one of them, that this is a is a ruse to go after all everything, all free, everything, and everybody. Speech, freedom all, of, yeah, all things of the internet. Press. Yes, and yes. because the, and and this shield law, of course, plays right into this because the shield law doesn't shield you from anything like this. No. Uh, so if you write up any kind of a thing like this red cell guy, you write up a scenario that may be giving somebody a good idea uh, you're aiding and abetting the enemy by by this, these definitions and they can get you for for treason so essentially you can't write about national security issues or or uh, scenarios or anything in fact they could probably f make anything sound like you're aiding the enemy what if you write a comedy act you've written the funniest comedy act ever it's hilarious and they then the Enemy, whoever this just nebulous enemy is, let's say some, let's see the the organization, the Bin Laden organization, which you should call it that, uh, the, <laughs> the BLO, yeah, the BLO, the BLO, Bin, Bin, Bin Laden organization, yes. Uh, the, so they they listen to the comedy act and crack up. It's hilarious to them. Is that not aiding and abetting the enemy? Well, it's certainly comforting them. Yeah, well, that's exactly it's comforting <laughs> comforting them. And then what's the other thing that the Wanton publishing. Right. I mean, this all is lining up like a perfect it's scenario to I, shut us down. Yeah, I also have a feeling that this uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership thing, this TPP, that is so secret, I somehow have a feeling that plays into this as well. You know what I mean? It's possible. Hold on a second. Definition of traitor. Let me just see. Let me just... Get the, uh, exact By the way, we have an undeclared war, so I, I don't see how any of this fits in with aiding and abetting the enemy. What enemy? Are we at war? Is the Congress declared war? I don't think so. <laughs> what is the uh, is uh, is a definition of trade uh, treason? That's what it is. Treason. 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 Let me just see. I know we've looked this up before. 
treason, legal. Don't we have a, a thing? Isn't it, isn't there a constitutional treason clause? There is, isn't there? there? Is. Yeah. Yeah, but it just says treason. You can't commit it. You can get, you find? You know, I can't read. I, I, I'm having a hard time reading today. Do you want me to get the definition of treason? Yes, please. Uh, the constitutional definition, if you don't mind. Uh. <laughs> Would you like me to play a little music while you're looking this up? Okay, well, here's the straight-up definition, okay. which is the crime of betraying one's country, especially by attempting to kill the sovereign or overthrow the government. Right. No, but that, that's, the, that's kind of like what we would all understand, but then you have the constitutional definition, which is something about comforting, and we've talked about this, and aiding the, the, the enemy. Yeah. Yeah, play a little traveling music, and I'll... Uh, here it is, definition of treason in U.S. Constitution. Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution. Yep. Uh, that would be the one. Please yeah. open. Article three. Please open. Yeah. Yeah. Article 3 <laughs> establishes the judicial branch of the federal government and blah, blah, blah. And there's treason in here. Number of courts this should, in your cells. John, as a constitutional scholar, I'm, I'm quite disappointed you can't just rat, rattle this off the top of your head. This is... Uh... A-S-O-N... Section 3 <laughs> defines treason and its punishment. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them. All right, it has to be a war. That's right. It, can, it cannot happen if there's not a war, which, of course, Bradley Manning uh, was... Iraq, I believe, was a declared war, was it not? No. Uh, only last... only uh, use of force was... what? what Congress... Agreed to something for the Iraq War. Yeah, some bull, bull crap, but they never declared war. Right, okay. Treason, so it consists only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Aid and comfort, in there you go. In other words, you have to be, you have to, well, now take, we loosen this up a little bit. Treason against the United States will consist, of, consist only in levying war. In other words, I'm at war with my country. I've decided to go to war against the United okay. States. All right. Thus, I would be a, tra a, tra a traitor. Right. Uh, but or in adhering to their enemies, which if we don't have a war, there's no enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses That's right. of, the, of the same overt act or in confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no attainder of treason shall work no attainder of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attained what does this mean <laughs> attainder is i used to know this in english criminal law attainder or atin attinctura was the metaphorical stain or corruption of blood which arose from the condemned for a serious capital crime and until those not only one's property and hereditary titles, but typically also the right to pass them on. Uh, okay, I don't see how that Science! Means. I don't see how that means anything to me, to <laughs> us. The Constitution defines treason as specific acts, namely levying war against the United States or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. The contrast is therefore maintained, this is the, from the Wikipedia, with the English law, whereby the, a variety of crimes, including conspiring to kill the king or violating the queen, were punishable as treason. <laughs> Uh, the Supreme Court ruled that there must be actual assembling of men for the treasonable purpose 
to constitute a levying of war. I think all of this means if you put something on the internet, you're a traitor. That sounds right to me. I don't know. I don't. Can't you? Can't you connect the dots already? Hmm. I think you. Might, I mean, I can see somebody thinking that. Yeah. Whatever the case is, it just is an attack on. Uh, this is a horrible attack. But there's Manning didn't. What did Manning do? Actually, he um, he violated his terms of employment. Yeah. Essentially, and that's what he should be uh, uh, charged with. Yeah. He didn't do treason. He didn't do any of these things that I can tell. He, you know, he sent out a bunch of confidential memos he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. So no, it was 700,000 cables. Yeah. And all it was is all it did was embarrass Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, likes, who, who likes to do business at funerals? <laughs> hey, what do you think of the dead guy? <laughs> ah, it's good he's dead. Hey, by the way, you should ca- contribute to my uh, to my husband Bill's library. Yeah. It's good. It's, a good, it's a good project. So talking about that type of way, so I I got the clip. This is the my last clip, I think. I got the clip because I I've always referring to this clip from the movie Casino, where the gangsters are going around about this guy. About Andy, yeah, about the, bumping the guy off. The lawyer, the, yeah. their best friend lawyer, who's just a uh, a great guy, and he's a you know he's an attorney. They can't really charge him with anything. They're, they're but they're killing everybody in the uh, process of this trial that that they're all in. All these old fart from the Midwest and the one guy at the very end is the leader and whatever he really says goes everybody else is just kind of uh, they they have put their two cents in but it's like this is the scene with the House of the Rising Sun playing in the background which kind of ruins it to use it as an evergreen clip but I just wanted to get it out there so we got it I just had to play get this and out would of you, and, and, I, and I agree I think it's a good idea could you just put it into context because uh, we we have mentioned this several times you need to put the clip into context of current day events. Yeah, the, what, the reason I can't, it's just like, I don't know any specific current day event, but I keep bringing this up, the idea that when you're, when you got a situation, you, at the, at the end of the day, instead of being reasonable, you, you just, you do a scorched earth policy because why take a chance? Why take a chance that anyone's going to, you know, do, do the right thing? Why take a chance that they're not going to turn on you? Why take a chance about, stuff but this is the this is right in the anyway this is the clip just to get it out of the way they needed doctors at their arraignment and pretrial services recommends that bail remain as presently set go ahead and take a 10 minute recess when it looked like they could get 25 years to life in prison just for skimming a casino sick or no fucking sick you knew people were going to get clipped so today the arraignment they had this meeting right in the back of the courthouse see when something like this happens you know how things are going to work out it's always better with no witnesses. So what about Andy? He won't talk. Stone's a good kid. Stand-up guy just like his old man. That's the way I see it. I agree. He's solid. He's a fucking Marine. He's okay. He always was. Primo, what do you think? Look. Why take a chance? <laughs> At least that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, that's how we're gonna end, Johnny Boy. <laughs> why take it? Why take a chance? They're harmless, those guys. Ah, why take a chance? All right, I got a final clip. This is, um, I think it's is it Senator Frank Wolf? Is it Senator or Congressman? Frank Wolf. It sounds like a congressman. Let me I, take a he look. may be a congressman. Um, 
So Frank Wolf has gone on this tear for the past couple days, and he says he's just not going to stop. I, you know, we're of course we're in kind of the the low season here, and no one's watching. Yeah, he's a congressman. Congressman. Um, yeah. So he's just he's just going at it every single day. Here's his latest, uh, and he'll be back at it again tomorrow. According to trusted sources that have contacted my office, many, if not all, of the survivors of the Benghazi attacks, along with others at the Department of Defense and CIA, have been asked or directed to sign additional non-disclosure agreements about their involvement in the Benghazi attacks. Some of these new NDAs, as they call them, I've been told, were signed as recently as this summer. It is worth noting that the Marine Corps Times yesterday reported that the Marine colonel whose task force was responsible for special operations in northern and western Africa at the time of the attack is still on active duty despite <laughs> claims that he retired and therefore could not be forced to testify before Congress. If these reports are accurate, this would be a stunning revelation to any member of Congress. Any member of Congress defines this out and also, more importantly, to the American people. Which is why, of course, it's all over the news. Well, you got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> What's this NDA business? I, I didn't know about which, that great. It's fantastic. Why would you have people that were at a, an event? Like, well, of course, we know why, because if anyone's listened to our show long enough, they know our, th our thesis, our joint thesis on this is pretty straightforward. It's a kidnapping that went awry. Went, went awry. Went wrong. A, was, yes. Yeah. And uh, ended up with the guy getting killed and the whole thing falling apart and, uh, and humiliated everybody. And there's lots of people yelling, we're sure, at each other. But now they're having him sign NDAs? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That is unbelievable. And that's not, but it's not even a national security letter. It's an NDA. What, I guess worse than getting arrested, they're going to sue you into oblivion. Or I, I mean, what is going on? I'd like to see the, the wording of the NDA. Yeah. I'll bet you it's worded like a national security letter yeah, with sure all these is. veiled threats. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Huh. Wow. Well, we'll keep tabs on that if nobody else does. Okay, John, let's, uh, let's review. Um, so I'll tell you what my, what my schedule is, and I'd love to hear what you're going to do. Uh, so uh, today is uh, Sunday. Tomorrow we fly to uh the south of france that's where my friend michel has a house and he's uh, um, and oh we'll be there with uh the i think it's the ambassador of the barbados i think it's like a, a whole bunch of elites drinking champagne, so I'll have tons of stories from that. By the way, the guy has narcolepsy, and he falls asleep all the time while you're talking to him, so I can't wait to, to see how he's doing. Um, see, are they all Obama bots? <laughs> I have no idea. No, I don't think so. No, they're probably, probably pretty elitist. I don't know if they're Obama. Well, maybe that makes him Obama bots. I don't know. Hey, Michelle's English. He's British. So he's, uh, he's, 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 he's against everything. But he's a drinker. Uh, so uh, we'll be uh, uh, drinking up a storm. Of course, on Thursday, uh, we will release the Ramsey Kane NoAgendaCD.com produced um, clip show, which I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be great because it's a third party. It's not what we think is good, and he's really good at, at pulling apart, you know, pulling out little bits and shorter clips. So it might actually be uh, something you would call the primer, or I would call the primer. Then on uh, Sunday. Uh, so actually, I think Friday, uh, Ms. Mickey and I will then drive from the south of France to Florence and go visit Willow. But uh, by the way, I made a joke, or you made the joke about the Florence meetup. 
Turns out we yeah. actually we actually have a listener in Florence. <laughs> and he Besides went like, Willow, does yes, Willow even yes. listen anymore? Yeah, no, Willow listens. Yeah, no, and we and he said, yeah, no, let's do the meetup. But he, uh, he's actually on vacation, so he won't be there, unfortunately. So you're gonna have you and Willow. Yeah, um, and well, Willow and her husband and the kids, and uh, and so Miss Mickey will. St- Ow, man, stop that! Why? Ow. Why are you dinging me the whole time? I'm just in a dinging oh, mood. I'm dinging. Okay, sorry. Uh, then we're going to stay in Florence itself for two days at a, a Airbnb, of course. Why book a hotel ever again in your life? Then we fly back on Sunday or Monday, and of course by then we'll have our interview show. And then we're going to be—I'm uh, going to be in Amsterdam. <laughs> Stop it! I'm already tired. Stop make—I didn't bring any noisemakers either. I forgot all my toys. Uh, then we're going to be here for five days. Um, so, no, actually, the Sunday show I do from here, so we'll be back. No, what am I talking about? Do I even know? No, it's Thursday, Sunday. You're lost. It. You've lost it, dude. No, I'm Thursday. No, the Thursday show. We do the Thursday show. I thought we was doing two shows here. No. No, just one show? The, thir- the Thursday show. No, the way it was scheduled. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking Open about. Let me, let me look at the calendar. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, am I saying this right? So, okay, so one, two, three. So Sunday, today is, what is today? 21st. Oh, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. So the 28th is the, is the interview show. And then, I, yes, and then the, uh, August 1st, I do the show from Amsterdam. And we are here, and we fly back on the 6th, so I can do Thursday, the 8th show, from, back from uh, the Travis Heights hideout. So uh, Thursday. No, hold on a second. Yes, Thursday the 1st, I'm here. I'm in Amsterdam, and I do another show from here. Well, what about what about the fourth? And I do that show from here too. Okay, so you're doing a show on the fourth from Amsterdam. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, so the shows <laughs> that we're not doing, the ones that we produce, is Thursday the twenty fifth, and Sunday right. the and Sunday the twenty eighth. Right. Right. And then, so, the and then uh, so I'm doing two more shows from here. So Thursday the first, I do the show from here, and Sunday the fourth, I do the show. Are you going to stay in that same location? Uh, no, we have a different Airbnb, um, also on the third floor in a different part of the ghetto. Okay, is, is the internet connection be as good? Because this one was was okay. This was okay. Um, the only problem is uh, very noisy. So even though I have the noise gate, which keeps down some of the, you know, I, I don't know if you could hear it, but there, anyway, motorcycles going by, cars, no. sirens. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it's, it adds uh, ambiance. I like that. Yeah, actually. Okay. Well, I'm glad you like it. All right. Uh, so yeah, um, and then uh, I'm, of course I'm going to see my daughter, which is always fun. So I get to hang out with her. That'll be when we come back next week. And I will have stories. I'll have stories from uh, the elites in France. I will have stories of cannabis from Florence. And uh, stories of dirty streets and whatever. Oh, we're also going to go to the, uh, the Rijksmuseum, Ms. Mickey and I, which is now open again here. That's oh, a big, good. It's cool. It's a, big it's a nice deal. museum. Yeah, it's a big deal. Well, it's, All right. It's, new, it's newly refreshed. Uh, so again, uh, on Thursday, we bring you Ramsey Kane's clip show. Uh, I guess we're going to do uh, fresh intros for that, so that'll be fun. And then the interview show on Sunday. Coming to you from the third floor above the massage parlor with the purple lights in Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, 
where my head's in the air, too. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back kind of virtually real. Well, screw it. Listen to the next episode. You'll enjoy it. And that'll be Thursday right here on No Agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A